0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll free, 800-259-9231. It is the Monday edition as we kick off our number one.
1: It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Gardner.
0: Yeah, that's right. No more Mark. Uh-huh. He's gone. Mark, where do you? He's out of here. Went to see his mommy. He did go to see his mommy. Good to see you, man. Yeah. So good to have you here. Well, it's good to have you here. Yeah. I'm here Thank all you. the time. It's not you.
2: That's true. So, I'm so pleased to be here hanging out,
0: man. And you're sick. So, like, Gardner, obviously, sounding a little under the weather here tonight. And so, extra congratulations to you for uh, taking the time to come in here. Because I know how brutal it is uh, doing a radio show three hours a day. Right. Uh, let alone, because you think about, when you're listening to the show, you're thinking, oh, all you guys do is go in, you sit behind a microphone, and you talk for three hours. But really, it's it's a lot harder than you you know you might think it is. And then having to do it again for three more (laughs) hours—it's pretty funny, you know. For those who
2: don't know, I do a a show here in New Hampshire three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And uh, so Ian asked if uh, Wayne and I wanted to stop by, and I said, "Sure, you know that would be absolutely fantastic." And Ian, I wasn't sure whether you were going to be here at the start, so that's why I'm so pleased. It's, It's so much fun to hang out with you guys. And Wayne and I have been talking. Prior to the show and getting to know each other, it turns out we both come from the same state, Connecticut. We right. both escaped. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So thank you very much for having me here, man. And I'm ready to go. This you
1: you missed blast. the Connecticut flag burning. You did miss
0: that. You <laughs> no laughed. But did you yeah. really burn a Connecticut flag? Yeah, yes. it was over the weekend. It was at the, uh, the third annual UN, U.N. flag burn. Well, we also had some Connecticut flags there as well. Of course, it was taking place at the uh, the house of the husband of Lauren Canario, who yeah. is uh, still, unfortunately, in prison in Connecticut. It's incredible. It, that,
2: that story is just show, so shocking. I'd love to talk about that a little bit as well. You know well, th- That's uh, that's really sad, and there's so many nooks and crannies of federal encroachment into our rights and state encroachment. I
0: wish part. there was some good news to report on it. There's not, unfortunately. I mean, the latest with Lauren is that she's been in jail for, uh, what are we, up to 100 days at this point uh, with with... I think she's been charged at this point but she hasn't even had a trial. She's been in jail for 87 days now. Felony porch uh, sitting? Yeah. Mm. With no trial and it's up to uh, 8 months to a year. It could be a, it could be that long before she actually sees a trial. I guess that's what they consider a speedy trial in Connecticut. Oh my god. Was you there know. an illegal book involved here? Uh, apparently yes. it was. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know what she was reading at the time, and uh, she had permission from the property owner to be there, because it hadn't completely transferred out of his hands and gone completely into the New New London Development Corporation's hands yet. So he was okay with her being there, but the city obviously wasn't, and they wanted to show their power, so they went and...
1: They went to arrest her. Yes, yeah, and she was getting just a little bit too big for her britches.
0: Oh, yes,
2: you can't actually express your individuality in a state like Connecticut or almost any other state nowadays. But certainly express not in cons- this country. Oh, man, that story is just so disgusting. I mean, first you have the insult of the New London people, the New London government going out after that, the Kelo decision with the Supreme Court, and then you have the added insult of what happened to Lauren Canario after all of that, it's just—it's truly remarkable to think about it. And I'm ashamed to think that David Souter, one of our Supreme Court justices, comes from the state of New Hampshire. It's just sick.
0: Well, speaking of uh, freedom of speech, you actually brought in a couple of sound clips here tonight, oh, yes. Gardner. and you know, that's an excellent point because
2: Wayne brought up, I wonder what kind of book she was
0: reading. Unfortunately, Wayne's microphone is on the fritz at the moment, so it's going right. to be you and I for the remainder of this segment. Okay, okay no it problem.
2: Out. We'll check that out.
0: But... Uh, you know, you're the man for sound clips. You do so much uh, prep on your show. Uh, I sort of throw together articles before the program and, and roll into my roll into my show. So I'm glad you brought these in because I didn't have to do the work right on, on these. Brother. Now this is. I thought when you came in that this was going to be sound clips from Newt Gingrich's speech that he gave a couple oh. of weeks ago in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it when that happened. Yeah. And yeah. he essentially came out and said, and the irony, of course, was that he was speaking at a First Amendment function. Right. That's Something the most that was, amazing thing. Some, some yeah. function set up to, to give honor the, setup. the First Amendment. It,
2: this is amazing. It, it, folks listening outside of the state of New Hampshire, they might have heard about the, the New Hampshire or Manchester Union leader. It's the biggest paper in the state. It's always been very traditionally conservative. And there's uh, the woman who was the publisher of it for years after her husband passed away was Naki Loeb. And Nacky Loeb uh, started up a journalism institute, and every year they have the First Amendment awards dinner for the Nacky Loeb uh, Institute. Okay. And so a few years ago, of all people, of course, who else are you going to invite but John McCain, the (laughs) author of the McCain-Feingold anti-First Amendment bill. Wow. So, of course, hey, it makes sense. So that was totally bizarre. And then this year, Newt Gingrich is there. Newt Gingrich, who likes to pass himself off as a conservative Mr. Historian. This guy who loves Alvin Toffler, the futurist third wave pinhead, who in his book is totally involved with one world government. All you have to do is pick up the third wave and check it out. Yikes. And so he speaks. And while he's there, this man who can stare into his crystal ball and see the future in his arrogant, conceited pinhead way... Newt Gingrich says, you know, since we're in this war against terror, we're going to have to seriously
0: reassess this First Amendment thing. Yeah, that's pretty much what he said. Uh, he said he wanted to shut down websites. Yes. He said he wanted to shut down people who are saying terroristic things, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty outrageous. I guess uh, Tim Ressert had him on his show over the weekend. Yeah. You cut out a couple of clips from oh, it. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to feature oh. one of them right now, just so you can just you can get an, uh, um, a glimpse into this man's insane mind. Yeah, and Ian, what he wants to foist on the American people. As you do it, get
2: ready on the pause on that, okay. because there are going to be little points that we need to bring up. One of the things we need to foreshadow and stress here is the question that Tim Russert poses to John, uh, to uh, uh, New Gingrich. John McCain, Gingrich, yeah, or whoever, exactly, whoever they are. Exactly. They're all the same. The question he poses to Gingrich is very important because what Gingrich does is he uses certain rhetorical devices, like, for example, bringing up an anecdotal example rather than the abstract principle to say this is his back, backdrop, this is his support for his argument. So here here it is. All right, we'll start this one. Yeah. Uh, so second.
0: Oh,
3: no, we've got go to the the, uh, okay, yeah, we'll go to the other one? Yeah, we'll go to the other
0: one. So second. Uh, no, okay. So the second one was Let me turn first. to here the broader war Perfect.
3: on terror and some comments you also made in uh, New Hampshire about okay. the war on terror and the First Amendment. This is a serious long-term war, and it will inevitably lead us to want to know what is said in every suspect's place in the country. And my prediction to you is that either before we lose a city or if we are truly stupid after we lose a city, we will adopt rules of engagement that use every technology we can find to break up their capacity to use the Internet, to break up their capacity to use free speech. This is a serious problem that will lead us to a serious debate about the First Amendment. Which freedoms rights of speech would you curtail well let's start
0: okay before he gets into that um why do we have to have a debate on the first amendment
2: i thought they debated it pretty well in
0: 1787 don't <laughs> you buddy you <laughs> i know? mean i wasn't there for it i can't really comment on their debate but yeah yeah um,
2: Wayne's laughing on his side
0: it's, it's right. like it's like
2: yeah you know we've got to have a debate on it really newt uh well that's interesting uh, I'm fascinated by the idea that we need to debate the concept of something that is an inalienable right that we have to be able to
0: use in order to support our lives. Well, nothing's inalienable, uh, inalienable anymore in this country. Apparently Everything not. is up for grabs now. All of our freedom's up uh, up on the table, and the politicians can just take away as many as they like. Well, the, Re-
2: the Republicans compromised enough with the Democrats on, on domestic spending over the past uh, eight years or so that I guess they're really willing to compromise on pretty much anything in the
0: Constitution. Let's continue. Here's his excuse. With
3: a incident recently in Illinois where the FBI sold hand grenades to a jihadist who wanted to go into a mall at Christmas and blow up himself and as many people as possible. The FBI now reports, and by the way, the local Muslim community thanked the FBI for trapping him and the ACLU was worried that entrapment was involved. Take those two standards. The local Muslims who are Americans and patriots and don't want to be blown up in the mall thought it was terrific to arrest this guy for trying to buy hand grenades, and the ACLU thought there's probably a real infringement of his legal right to be stupid. But they're Americans (coughs) and patriots as well. They're Americans and patriots as well, but they're they're suicidal in my judgment.
2: All right. Isn't that nice? So first, Tim Russert asks him this question, Ian, and then Russert doesn't answer the question of what rights would you curtail. He says, well, let me give you an example. Just mm-hmm. to show you how important and pressing this this terrible thing right, he is. he wants
0: to appeal to emotion. Oh my gosh, there's Precisely. a guy with hand
2: grenades. Precisely. You hit it exactly. Now, what this has to do with his idea on free speech, we'll get into in a second. But that he brings up this larger point, which is that the ACLU is actually backing this guy up and saying, hey, he might have been, been a, a victim of entrapment. Now, if that were you or if that were I... Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to have somebody backing me up. If I was an American citizen, and I am, if I were an American citizen, I'd want to have somebody supporting me. Now, Newt Gingrich seems to think that that's disgusting and awful.
0: Well, that's because uh, there's a sort of mentality amongst Newt and his followers that, well, we're all perfect... And we'll never do anything wrong in our lives, and we'll never get caught up in, say, a zealous prosecutor's bid for wanting to be mayor or whatever. We'll never get caught up in zealous, uh, overzealous police officers planting evidence or manufacturing things. And we'll explore this more on the way with your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Monday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll free, 800 259 9231. That is the Packet 8 toll free line for you. 1 800 259 9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne and Guard, And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there because they are completely free, and that does include the live streams. So maybe you're on the fringe of a radio station's listening zone and you just can't tolerate the static anymore. If you're near your computer, head over to freetalklive.com and tune in there, because we've got a broadband feed as well as a dial-up feed, both of them completely free, at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. To get registered and learn more, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You guys giving yourself... Uh, giving each other thumbs up during that live
2: read. Oh, I can't wait for that, Ian. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a blast. And I know they've already got a lot of people who are going to be going to that. And it's it's just going to be so exciting to be there.
0: Yeah. uh, People like, I mean, they don't mention it in the live read, but I know uh, Sharon Harris from the Advocates for Self-Government. She's the president of that great organization, just a a group dedicated to um, explaining The best ways to communicate liberty to others. It's important to get that out there. Um, Our friend Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. He's a recently announced speaker, so that's going to be exciting. Fantastic. And uh, Jack Cole from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. I mean, really, it is quite a roster of liberty-oriented people. You
2: know, Jack Cole's amazing. I got to see him speak once before, and he has all these old slides, pictures of him. Uh, when Back when he was, when working he was a drug DA. warrior, yeah, and it's amazing, you know, he looks like a a, a mustachioed Al Pacino or something out there, and he, you know, sitting with his feet on stashes of pot and so on, and <laughs> and, and he and he gives out all the statistics about how useless. The war on drugs has been. Yep, so that's going
0: to be really good, and we're all going to be there, I think. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. So It's going to be great. All
0: right, yeah. let's continue. We were talking about Newt Gingrich, his appearance on Meet the Press over the weekend. Yeah. Tim Russert had him on, asked him some questions about his, uh, I guess his was appearance about two weeks ago at a First Amendment panel or some sort of a program, where he essentially trashed the First Amendment and said that if uh, if you elect him for president in 2008 that he would, uh, he would like to see people cracked down upon yeah. for saying terroristic things, because we can't have these terrorists getting on the internets and uh, putting up websites and stuff. Exactly. It's hate speech. It's hate speech. <laughs> I right? won- this I is wonder- essentially the Republican version of hate speech. Yes. Yeah,
1: I-, I wonder exactly. where on earth this guy would have gotten the hand grenades if he hadn't got them, gotten them from the FBI. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get back to his example in case you're
0: just in tuning in. Illinois, in
3: Illinois, where the FBI sold hand grenades... a jihadist who wanted to go into a mall at Christmas and blow up himself and as many people as possible. The FBI now reports, and by the way, the local Muslim community thanked the FBI for trapping him, and the ACLU was worried that entrapment was involved.
0: Now, I didn't follow the details on that case.
3: Yes, yes.
0: Uh what, what do you do either of you know what the entrapment factor was here?
2: I I don't. The only thing that I know about it Ian is that uh this guy was busted and they busted him with four grenades that mm-hmm. he was planning to set off and they said there was never any danger to the public. Well, now we know why there was never any danger to the public because as Wayne said, we wonder where he got the hand grenades.
1: This is a perfect setup too because now you've got this guy who's an American citizen, not a foreign-born guy who's a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, and so any one of us could be terrorists. This guy down the street could be. You better snitch on everybody if they look suspicious. Exactly. And this is, this
2: is the troubling thing to me, And is regardless of this man's guilt or innocence, he's not being given the presumption of innocence. And second of all, the entire orientation of Newt Gingrich, as, as Wayne indicates, is that this guy is guilty. He is a radical Muslim extremist terrorist. We know that. There's no presumption. I mean, he's clearly implying there, yeah, you know, they did the right thing. In arresting this guy, and how dare the ACLU actually give this guy any sort of defense? Now, I would love it if Newt Gingrich were arrested sometime for some trumped-up charge. We don't know whether this is real or not. It it likely is. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But the presumption of innocence for all American citizens is so sacred Going into a courtroom, the idea that you have the right to a fair trial. That's one of is, those
0: things that really separates America from right. the rest of the world. Right.
2: It comes, it comes from the Magna Carta. It was magnified in the United States. It's so key. And one of the key things about this for everybody to remember is this is what's so important. With the recent bills that were pushed by a lot of Newt Gingrich's friends who are still in the House and won't be come January, under the new trial rules that they have for so-called enemy combatants and detainees... You're not going to be tried under U.S. criminal code. This guy won't be tried as a U.S. criminal terrorist the way they tried the old Palestinian liberation. You think they're going to bring like him into, into the military court? Exactly. They'll bring him into these military commissions that George Bush set up. He doesn't. They don't have to afford him a habeas corpus, and they can keep him there and question him. As long as they want,
0: right? And as long as the uh, the Muslims say it's okay, then well, uh, who cares, right? I That's know. his excuse, and all because how... some Muslims said, "Oh, great, thanks for arresting him. That we should just flush everybody's rights yeah. down the drain." See, the, and this touches back to what I uh, was trying, the point I was trying to make for you to go to break, and that is that the people who support what things like Newt are saying are the individuals who believe that they're law-abiding citizens and. It doesn't matter if we bastardize the Constitution, if we destroy the Bill of Rights, because as long as it keeps us safe, we're not concerned with what you do to the rights of those other people, I have those to bad hide. guys. I right. have nothing to hide. Those do you? Those people. Yeah, those people. Well, someday, after you've allowed our rights to be destroyed, which is what you're doing, mm-hmm. someday, political people that you may not agree with might come into control of the government. And then they might decide to outlaw something that you enjoy. Maybe your guns. Maybe uh, your church. Uh, You think it's not possible in America? Well, maybe it is. And if it did happen, if those people did get in control, they've got control of the government that you helped create. And then they're going to use that government on you. And by that time, there's not going to be anybody else left to stand up for your rights that yeah. you used to have and you're going to go into a gulag somewhere Happen over and over again even. in history know it.
2: yeah absolutely you know um we often have a, a woman debbie schlussel on and her grandfather uh was able to escape the nazis because he didn't give up his weapon and they fought against the nazis mm. and it's it's so amazing to see how people don't recognize the lessons of history and newt gingrich a guy who calls himself a historian first he's asked by Tim Russert, what rights would you curtail? And he doesn't answer. He gives this anecdotal example of, well, you know, we need to be very, very afraid because U.S. policy abroad, he doesn't say this, of course, but this is really what's going on. U.S. policy abroad is making people hate America, and they're going to continue trying to nail America. Okay, you know, I I love these arguments from people who say, well, the Muslims are trying trying to take us down to get us. What do they? What do they, What do they think the end run for the Muslim extremists is? The end game. Yeah. Do they think that they're actually going to destroy the United States?
0: I, I don't know. It seems they seem so paranoid to me. I don't know these individuals.
2: It's, yeah, it's very strange. It's
0: very they, apocalyptic. They also right. right. They also believe. I'm, bl- I'm, gra- I'm glad you used that word because they also believe it's some sort of a religious war. Right. We've had uh, Christians come on, and I don't have a problem with you know the Christians that don't want to enforce their ways on others, but we've had the types of Christians come on our show on our Saturday show, for instance, come on and say, well, we got to get those Muslims before they get us. It's us or them. And so that's their excuse for waging a war against a a populace full of people that aren't extremists, full of people that are just regular folk going about their daily lives, trading and making products and services. And these people, these so-called Christians, who are supposed to love other people are advocating genocide. Wipe them out! Turn it into a parking lot! This is sick stuff. More's on the way with Newt Gingrich. we got another clip from him. Right on. Where he uh, outlines some plans. He gets a little more specific with what he would (laughs) like to do to your freedom of speech. More on the way with your calls at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. And that is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian
1: here with you. And Wayne, and Monsieur LG Grande himself, <laughs> guard, how are you? Yes, a very sick Gardner Goldsmith, <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless here, a trooper. Not feeling so
0: grande right now. Here on Free Talk Live, but we will take your calls about anything, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Get on the listener map. Head over to map.freetalklive.com, and you'll find that there's over 1,700 of our listeners from around the world that have added themselves to said listener map. You can go to map.freetalklive.com and scroll around and see who they are, or you can add yourself to it at map.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL, C-A-I, does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. Say CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about Newt Gingrich and some of the things that he had to say, I guess, over the weekend in defense of his anti-First Amendment viewpoints that he holds. He would like to shut down uh, freedom of speech in the United States, or at least he wants to uh, be able to determine what you can and can't say yeah. and where you can and can't say it. And so with that, we'll continue with uh, another clip from this weekend's Meet the Press, courtesy of uh, Exactly. Goldsmith. This
2: is where they got to the point where, instead of actually describing certain dangerous situations, Tim Russert was asking him a question, hey, what would you curtail? Exactly. And then they went into this example of an Illinois terrorist, alleged terrorist, Right, to
0: get, get you all riled up, get you scared, yeah. somebody out there with grenades wanting to blow you up, how can we put a stop to exactly. it? Exactly. He believes that curtailing free
3: speech is going to stop terrorists. We need terrorists. to seriously assess
2: this First Amendment thing.
3: Here we go. Uh, so, second, the, uh, the FBI now reports that this jihadist almost certainly became a jihadist. He's an American living in Illinois, and he's getting on the Internet, and he's reading hate, and he's reading recruitment, and he's reading how to be a jihadist.
0: How interesting. And I think you really uh, you really hit it uh, well last segment, Wayne, when you mentioned that this is hate speech. This is
1: the Republican version of hate speech. And he even used the word right there. He's spewing hate. Right. We can't allow that. And that's the other thing. He said it's on the Internet. So mm-hmm. that's also a setup for controlling the Internet. You got yes, point. it is. You got it. That's exactly what he wants. And, and it's
0: th- not and the it's only proposal for controlling the Internet either. Last week we talked about a uh, huge bill that, if passed, would it would have a, a major chilling effect on free speech on the Internet. I don't know if you came across this one, Gardner. No. But I don't know. Is it John McCain? I, th- I think it's John McCain who's behind it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm positive it is. Okay. The bill essentially would make it so webmasters, you, for instance, you've got LibertyConspiracy.com. Are you the ma- webmaster, Absolutely. essentially, for
2: that? Are you telling me that they'd have to be responsible for anything posted on their sites?
0: You did see that. No. No. That is what it's going to be. Oh, if this law man. gets passed. Now, it hasn't been passed yet. Yeah. It's been proposed. But you can imagine that with this sort of fervor going on in this country, that if, uh, and it's it wasn't targeted at terrorist speech, but it, I saw how, that it could very easily be modified to include that. They are targeting at child pornography and obscenity. Now, of course, child pornography is going to be easy to roll that in because everybody hates child pornography. Right. But the the fact is, if, if I've got a bulletin board system and you've got a blog, and on most blogs you can post comments, right? So if somebody wants to say something about what you've posted, they can. And if you aren't sitting there monitoring your blog the entire time and somebody gets on there at four in the morning and decides to post a bunch of links to some pornography of whatever sort, this law would make you responsible for snitching them out. This is the real bad part. It's bad enough that you have to keep, uh, keep an eye on your website, right. but if somebody posts something that's obscene, quote-unquote. Now, obscenity, according to the Bush administration, can be porn with whips and chains. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't involve children. And so somehow you're supposed to be able to discern what is and what is not obscene. Then, once you've discerned it, hopefully correctly, you report it. To some centralized federal government clearinghouse, they'll pass on the lead to your local police agency, and then they'll investigate it. If you don't pass on the information, if you don't snitch out your users, which is essentially what this is, it's a snitch bill, then you could face uh, $300,000 in fines, wow. Gardner. Wow, you know, Ian, this is, this is
2: a scion from uh, late 90s, mid mid to late 90s pair of bills, the Children's Internet Protection Act and the Children's Pornography Protection Act, mm-hmm. uh, partially proposed by Orrin Hatch. And I wrote these two huge pieces for somebody uh, on them, and uh, they ended up never being used because she was actually in favor of them, but she paid me anyway. And one of the things about this is when you look at let's – let's pull the obscenity part of it out, the child pornography part of it. They were trying at that time – to say that any image of a child in a sexual position would be considered a uh, federal crime if it went over state borders, mm-hmm. right? But they also included computer-generated images, sketches, drawings, right. in other words, you know, pixelated images. Essentially fantasy. Right. And, and the predicate for a law against child pornography is that you have a victim. Those don't have victims. That's true. It's a thought crime. Exactly. And, and so that is, that is extremely important to defend against,
0: to leave a proposition dangling. It, it is, um, but it's such an emotional issue that right. it, it's tough. You know, exactly. It's tough to that's get out there problem. and defend that. We will do it here on Free Talk Live, and we have before. Anyway, we got sidetracked yes, uh, into yes, the, uh, the, porn the porn issue. But this is just more uh, crackdown on freedom of speech from yeah. this guy. here. And we it's go. It's How gonna would
3: happen. you tolerate that? I mean, in a free society that's trying to survive, you know... You, <laughs> you close down websites. You close down any website that is jihadist. But who makes that judgment? This is great. I, look, I, you can appoint three federal judges if you want. Oh, like. hey, that's it. Uh, three judges. <laughs> that's
2: great. I mean, at least Tim Russard has a bit of enough sense to say, yeah. how does this work practically? Yeah, isn't this going to be a little arbitrary? Exactly. And you can see that Gingrich was sort of like, well, you could do this if you want to. He hadn't even mm-hmm. thought it through. Right. This guy who's, who was Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States, a position that was created by the Founding Fathers who enshrined the First Amendment that said Congress shall pass no law. Congress shall pass no law. He was head of Congress, and he comes out with an idea like this first of all, trying to inflame fears of people and say, well, we have to be afraid, ergo we need to do something about this First Amendment because our lives could be at risk. The Founders would never have stood for that. They would never say, well, what we need to do is we need to make ourselves more secure. The ends justify the means. Therefore, let's seriously debate whether we should have the Constitution Yeah, if they
0: wanted, if the Founding Fathers wanted security, they would have been okay with uh, King George. I mean, there's plenty of soldiers in the streets. Awfully secure, right? I mean, the more soldiers, the more secure you are. At least that's
2: our rationale today. You know what, you know What really gets me about this is Russert got into this a little bit, and this draws out some of the the, the ways that they get around the Constitution practically and and has to do with the telecommunications uh, regulations. That that stuff really ticks me off. But what they do is if you were to say, okay, Newt, um, what are you going to do about books? You're gonna you're gonna like you want how to build a bomb, yeah, how to exact anarchist cookbook the that anarchist sort of thing. cookbook. What are you gonna do about that? What are you gonna do about a magazine that's out there on the racks so that people can sell? Are you gonna stop that, Newt? Oh, and Newt gives you the excuse of, well, you know, we're at war. Oh really? I never saw the Congress declare war, Newt. I mm. wonder why they didn't declare war. Maybe it was because they didn't want to conform to the Geneva Accords, Newt. Indeed. So maybe all this stuff is tied together with people intentionally trying to avoid war. Maybe they don't have end results of giving the government more and more power in the sort of way some conspiratorialists look at it, but we know one thing: this lends them more power, this lends them more attention in the media. they're the ones who are going to be debating what's right and what's not right, not us in our bedrooms, not us in our newsstands, not us in our locality
0: right and if they decide that uh, you bring it up on your blog and they don't want to hear it, down you go you're you're done i mean the judges once they said start no. once they start shutting down some websites. Then they're going to have the precedent to say that, uh, well, shut down these guys' website. Now, uh, they're not Muslims over here on this liberty conspiracy, but they're certainly anti-government. I mean, they're they're talking about... And they're speaking out about this guy who's clearly a jihadist, what Newt Gingrich
2: said so, right, Wayne? He's clearly a jihadist, and they're talking about defending this guy's rights?
0: Now, wait a minute. Since you mentioned speaking out and defending this gentleman, now, we don't know if he's guilty or innocent. He hasn't gone to a trial yet, so of course... So right. So of course we're going to stand up for him because in my world it should be innocent until proven guilty. Right. But then you sh- uh, then you shift over to the new definition of enemy combatant, which is anybody who. Uh, no, it's not enemy combatant. It's the uh... Detainee. Oh, it's yeah. This is the new detainee thing for here mm-hmm. in the here in this yes. country. It's if you're providing material support to a so-called terrorist. So maybe we're providing that material support right now. Therefore, we could be rounded up and thrown away. More's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is getting scary. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. It's the Monday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And guard. And that is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support us? Well, we could use your vote. If you go to vote.freetalklive.com, that would be the, uh, the place to go to help out because your votes help propel us into the top 10 podcasts of the world. Now, currently we're ranked as the number four podcast in the world. Wow. Which, yeah, that's not too shabby out of 25,000, so not too bad. But we could be doing better if you would go and vote at vote.freetalklive.com. And as I pointed out before, if all of our listeners went and voted, all of, just all of our podcast listeners, let alone our radio listeners, yeah. then we would easily be number one. That's fantastic. So please head over and uh, vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. And you deserve it too, vote.
1: We want to be number one like you, guard, <laughs> so we're talking about uh this Newt
0: Gingrich character and yeah. his comments on what he would like to see happen to freedom of speech in the United States, and the short version is he would like to have it eradicated uh there's certain speech that is scary, yeah, and Newt wants to make it so if you uh, are scaring people or talking about terroristic things or hate. You know, this is like the Republicans' version of hate. If you hate America, then your speech should be shut down. And you know, Ian, you know what's so
2: repulsive about this is the rhetorical tools that Newt Gingrich uses. He's a very, very smart guy, Mm -hmm. but you can tell that he's gotten into certain patterns and somebody needs to shake him out of them. And we all get into those things once in a while. This guy... He heard some flack about what he had to say while he was here in New Hampshire, speaking at the First Amendment dinner, saying that we need to give a serious second look at this First Amendment thing. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote a letter to the union leader on last Monday, I think it was published. And he came out and he said, well, I seem to have struck a nerve. Oh, yeah, I saw that article. Oh, man, so just dripping, dripping with arrogance. And and again, and then he just makes excuses for himself. Yes, he says, those those people who understand the war in which we are in, in we are currently engaged, they understand what I was talking about. They know we're going to have to give a serious look to this First Amendment thing. The other people who demagogue the issue, they just don't get it. Essentially, is what he's saying. So if you disagree with him, Ian and Wayne, you're demagoguing. Mm-hmm. You're a demagogue, not him. Not him bringing up an emotional issue about this accused terrorist in Illinois before he even addresses Tim Russert's question as to what rights would you curtail not him he's not demagoguing anything he can see into the future he even said <laughs> 20 30 40 years down the line right. when a city's destroyed you'll see you'll see I was right
0: yeah and you'll wish that we cracked down on freedom of speech yeah let's you know, continue with what he has to say here because he's got a few more excuses for himself yeah. Uh, Tim Russert and uh, Newt Gingrich. So you
3: close down websites. You close down any website that is jihadist. But who makes that judgment? I, look, I, you can appoint three federal judges if you want to and say, <laughs> review this stuff and tell us which ones to close down. I would just like to have them be federal judges who've served in combat. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. For <laughs> some reason, yeah, that's more important. They, sure. they
0: clearly understand the First Amendment better than we do. Right. Well, you know what that is, is it's just they've been more indoctrinated by the state and just more, they've got more allegiance to the state than maybe some other federal judges and, do. And in
2: newt size, they understand the battle in which we're engaged right. better. Let's Either tr- way,
1: Let's translate idea. that. We want to set up a kangaroo court. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. Right. You know, three men, the philosopher three men, will, Wayne. Yeah. three men, three individuals in the United States will have uh, veto power over your website in it's your and your life. incredible. And
2: this this is the thing that really gets me about this, Ian. And this, this draws to, I think, uh, when I was here with you guys before, I talked about this trip that I had out of Washington flying on a plane where I ran into Markey, Ed Markey, the congressman from Massachusetts. And at the time, it was two th- almost three years ago now, mm-hmm. um, he, was, he was proposing elevated fines for indecency, another ambiguous uh. amorphous term, uh, on, on the broadcast spectrum. Mm-hmm. So he, he's on a plane. I'm sitting there. And he gets on, and I said, Congressman, uh, I don't like your bill. He says, oh, which one is that? And I said, uh, well, your, your, your FCC fine legislation. He goes, oh, that's very important. And I said, really? Is it? So then I said, well, you know, it's interesting because the entire paradigm of the FCC is faulty. First of all, it's an open-ended interpretation of the Interstate Commerce Clause, which Jane Madison would have spat upon. And second of all, the idea that the radio spectrum or the television spectrum is a limited resource, and therefore, since it's scarce, you have to regulate it. I don't know how you get from point A to point F, but it doesn't make much sense to me. And it was being regulated pretty well before they established the FCC under Roosevelt. So he says, well, I think it's very important. Then he, he he sat down. Yeah. But this is this is how they get away with this stuff. Now, Newt Gingrich is talking about websites and all these things because they're slithery and slick and they're hard to control. Well, since they're so hard hard to control, it'll just make it that much more important to get the government even more power. Right. We need it? to
0: pass more laws. Exactly. So these guys are going outside of the country because if you have a website in the United States and it gets shut down and you still want to spread your word, whatever it is, right? is, you'll just... Put one up in another country where there's no more jurisdiction, and right. then, of course, we'll have the United States reaching across uh, different uh, bodies of water to try to shut people's websites down, which we've seen them do with certain pirate websites before. Yeah. They'll team up with another government in another country, strong-arm them, and say, hey uh, – you like that foreign aid we're giving you, don't you? Yeah.
2: Hey, uh, yeah. I'd hate to see something bad happen to your foreign aid. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And you know what else, you guys? Uh,
2: what What gets me, too, is... And I I don't think we need, we need to be futurists, as he and Alvin Toffler love to be, uh, looking at the third wave to see... Because this is Newt's arrogance. I can see the future better than you can. Mm-hmm. I can see what's coming. And you better listen to me, because I'll be right, you know? But this is what I think is coming, and I'm sure you guys agree. Either... We make a decision about American foreign policy and announce it to people and tell them we're going to be strong in our defense, but we're not going to be meddling.
0: Right, we're going home. Or we're
2: going to have more and more people jumping onto a police state where you can't say what you want, you can't travel where you want, you can't buy the things you want, because, of course, there's a risk.
0: Right, because we're under wars here, Gardner. We've got a war on drugs. Mm. We've got a war on terror. We've got a war on immigration. This is a country that is at war constantly. And as a result, we're going to have to crack down on freedoms. Let's continue. There's only like a minute left of this, and it's just outrageous. Here yeah. we
3: go. Are you concerned, <clears throat> however, that with carte blanche, that the government could... Move in and say this mosque is closed. Yep. This website is shut down. You have you have more censorship in the McCain-Feingold bill, ah, which blocks the right of free speech about American campaigns. That he's right about. Yeah, I mean, but, the he's the only, fine. So but he's just, using it as an excuse. Exactly, yes. exactly. And also,
1: and also, a chance to disparage a possible future uh, you, opponent. You got it, Wayne. That's exactly
2: right. it. And and I brought it up earlier today. Um, he did that for those people who didn't hear his speech or or see the transcript of it he did the same thing in New Hampshire so it's part of his agenda to bring up the McCain-Feingold thing because exactly he's disparaging a future right
0: so he's saying oh McCain he made this uh, we've already restricted freedom of speech what's a little bit more (laughs) yeah Yeah, and you you
3: were all dumb enough to fall for
1: it yeah Yeah.
3: we've already limited the first amendment right of free speech by a set of rules that are stunningly absurd in California you can raise soft money to run negative commercials attacking your opponent through the state party, and you cannot raise soft money to run a positive commercial on behalf of your own candidate. That's California state law. It's stunningly stupid. And a clear infringement of free speech. So we've had a 30-year period of saying it's okay to infringe free speech as long as it's about politics. But now, if you want to be a jihadist and you want to go kill people, well, who are we to say that's morally wrong? I think that's suicidal. I'm using the word deliberately. A deliberate. You know, a Supreme Court justice once said, the Constitution is not a suicide pact.
0: You know what suicidal is? Voting for people like Newt Gingrich. Suicidal is supporting people who want to crack down on the freedoms that, uh, and the the rights that we cherish. Here in this country. That's suicidal, because if you give up your freedom of speech in the name of security, in the name of stopping the terrorists, then you're going to find down the line that you've essentially committed suicide, at least on the country, as far as the country is concerned, in our freedoms. Mm -hmm. uh, And you've got not much left. You don't have much of an economy left, because we talked about before, I think it was last week, we've got a 17% drop in international travel. To the United States since September 11th. Well, that's because the people that live in other countries that were coming here to go on vacation and do business and are now s- and s- mm-hmm. spend lots of money. Seventeen percent. That's a huge drop. They're now saying, "No, uh, we don't like your TSA and we don't care for how we're treated at the airport, so we're going to the Bahamas." You know, we're not getting that money. That's going to hurt the economy. That's going to hurt businesses uh, who are who cater to these tourists. And then they're going to have less money, and it's it's all going to and then then we're going to keep the immigrants out, and of course they're a huge chunk of the economy in the southern states and other places where they are. And we've seen uh, there have been stories where they've ejected hundreds of so-called illegal immigrants from the areas that they live in. They've rounded them up and scared them away. And now the businesses that remain, they're like graveyards. We're destroying ourselves from the inside. So it's suicide to follow what this maniac is suggesting.
2: I think I can't I couldn't agree with you anymore, Ian, and it's it's so bothersome because when you see what Newt Gingrich and for those people who think New Gingrich is a conservative, I just need to take a a check here, uh I wanna remind them that shortly after they passed the contract with America he went to his appropriators, and he said, give the congressmen anything they want, because we have to retain the majority. I spoke with a person from the American Conservative Union on our show last mm-hmm. week, and he said that was the day the conservative revolution died.
0: one 800 we have got hour number two on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Coming up, there's news about a possible change, or at least somebody who's got a lot of money. Wants to radically change the American education system. Wayne will tell us about it in your calls as well. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. That's the Packet A -A toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there because they are completely free. That is freetalklive.com. We're going to talk about education here in a moment, but first we're going to the phones to Australia land. It's Richard on Free Talk Live. Hello, Richard. (laughs)
4: G'day, guys. How are you? G'day, Great. Richard,
1: fantastic.
4: yes. And also, I haven't forgotten about your show, Liberty Conspiracy at Gardner. I just haven't been awake at appropriate time yet. No problem, um, my friend. And I'm also calling from the uh, Give Me Liberty Bar in Second Life. just oh, to give Oh, that's it a fantastic. <laughs> this uh, Newt Gingrich's attack on the First Amendment that we were talking about the last hour. Yes, sir. I was just listening to that and I noticed you'd also mentioned it too. I was just doing a bit of pod cramming from last week and I was thinking that this sort of stuff was what I was told and was scared about uh, when I was told about the communists as a child being told you can't say what you want, you can't go where you want and you can't do what you want. And it just struck me that it's that same type of evil just creeping in Yes, but it's okay as long as <laughs> as long as you
0: don't call yourself a communist. It's apparently okay in the United States to implement those very same rules.
4: Well, apparently, and uh, I suppose the problem for me is that it tends to whatever you guys do, it tends to creep over into uh, creep over into mm-hmm. our laws, yeah. and we end up suffering the the same thing. So that's why I also find this particularly scary. It, the value of the AMP program, if I can give that a little bit of a plug, did. Uh, come home to me as I was listening to the, the podcast from last week because I thought even though I'm not going down to New Hampshire and there's little I can do on this side, at least I know I can sit back there and say, well, part of the message on what people such as Gingrich is doing with the First Amendment, I'm helping in a little way to get that out. So for people who haven't considered signing up to the AMP program, Seriously consider it; it's money worth spent.
0: Well, I'm I really appreciate it. I really appreciate uh, appreciate the plug, Richard. Did you have any other thoughts for us?
4: No, look, that was that was it. Just uh, short and sharp. So I'll catch you later. Hey, Thank Richard. You, sir.
2: Thanks a lot for the call, brother. And give our regards to everybody down under, man.
0: Cheerio. Thank you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wait, they don't say cheerio in uh, down under, do they? No, they say good night. Good day, sir. Good on ya. Wait, good so you on say ya. you say good a when you say hello, and then good on you, goodbye?
2: I don't know. I don't know if it makes much of a difference.
0: Good on He's you. already off the phone, so we can't ask him. Yeah, but, you know, I, I really like what Richard had to say there. I looked
2: over at Wayne as he was talking about the communist thing because I, I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. And it, it all of a sudden, I got this sinking feeling like, yeah, you know what, man? That's right on the money. I had the same thoughts when I was a teenager.
0: And, and it's it's about time, right? I mean, they've implemented the Communist Manifesto, what, eight of the ten planks, like seven and a half of the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto, almost fully implemented here in the United States. So it right. seems like the next logical step. Do you remember what? the – the ser- oh, go ahead, Wayne.
1: Wait, I was going to say, all those things that he said were things they used to use to justify the Cold War and all the money we were spending on missiles to keep us safe from the Russians, the evil Russians and yeah. the red red Chinese. yeah. And now we're becoming the very thing that we feared the most. Well, I
2: was gonna say, um, you remember the TV series The Prisoner, of course, with yes. Patrick McGoohan. And I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, Richard down in Australia, you know, he's probably seen it uh, numerous times. Maybe has it on DVD. Uh, any libertarian ought to pick that up, especially the second to last episode. There's a point in the series when Patrick McGoohan, number six, who always wants to to affirm his individuality, mm-hmm. is stuck in this place called the Village. There are all these other trapped spies who are there. They all have numbers. And one guy approaches him. He's from another country. Uh, it might even be number two who approaches him, and he says, "You, you see, it doesn't matter who's, who who you think is in charge. When you become enough like us, that's when everything will be fine." And when you get rid of your individuality, yeah. Yeah, it, when when your country, when your people give up enough of their rights, enough of their individuality, mm-hmm. then it won't matter. We won't have these struggles, and everything will be just fine. <laughs> and it was just, a, it's very scary. Go with the flow. It. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 very troubling. And I think also, just one thing to point out, he's talking about the AMP program. I like the idea, and this is something that the Republican Party in the state of New Hampshire is experiencing here, and they, they should really wake up. Um, they're wondering what issues they should choose to discuss and to speak out about. And I say, look, it was, this guy approached me from the Republican Party and he said, look, um, how can we get your help? And I was like, listen, you stick to principle. You always stick to principle. And anytime your opponents go out with something that is against your principle, you
0: bring it up. Yeah. Well, there's only and one issue. Speaking is worth it. And uh, the politics, uh, the people in politics today, the Republicans and Democrats, are always just sort of nitpicking and uh, infighting over these political footballs, essentially, which aren't the real issue. The real issue is force or not. Right on. And, of course, the Republicans support force and the Democrats support force. And I think it's our job, and I've said this before, it's our job as libertarians or liberty-minded individuals to give people the choice, to make the choice crystal clear in their mind. You are either going to choose to support force on your friends and family members, through government, or you're going to choose to support alternative voluntary options right. to that force. That's what the issue is, every time. Mm-hmm. Now, with that uh, with that in mind, we go on to education. Uh, Wayne, there's a big man with a lot of money who's got a few things to say about education in the
1: United States. Are people listening, and what is it? Well, as you know, a lot of people love to hate Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is Bill Gates, but he, for a long time, has had a foundation with his wife, and he's been speaking out against the, um, the the current condition of education in this country, mm. and he's and he's correct in many ways. It's dismal. It's yeah. it's very bad. That's why there's so many homeschoolers now. Yeah, right. and the, the number of homeschoolers, I was I was shocked to see the, the chart. If you look at the chart, it's just shocking. It's 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 almost uh, straight up. That's great. Um, Although sad commentary yes. on the public school
2: system, government
1: schools. My wife homeschools. It costs us, as a family, a lot of income. that She, yeah. she can't go out and work because she mm-hmm. homeschools, but we've make, we've make that choice. Yeah. But uh, Bill Gates put together a so-called blue-ribbon panel of, of both Democrats and Republicans, people in, in the business world, people in the educational world, and came up with a few suggestions uh, and recommendations for the educational system. Okay. Some of them I agree with, and you may too, and some I disagreed with. Mm. One is uh, he really focused on high schools a lot. And how worthless high schools have become. And well,
0: they've shown that um, kids tend to learn and absorb the, uh, the the educational curriculum a lot better in the educational or the uh, the elementary levels, yeah. and then as they get older, the quality of the education declines. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's
2: probably rightly so that he's yeah. focusing. The longer on they're in the government system, the worse off
0: they're. Not are. to say the elementary schools are great or anything like that. It's just that they they still learn more. They're still excited about education at that point, and then mm. by the time they're in middle school, they start to hate it, and then by the time they're in high school. They want to be everywhere
1: else but in high school. Uh, they're bored, they're school. bored stiff. Yeah. yeah, And a lot of them are in uh, uh, study halls and, and skipping class. and yeah. They don't learn much. Even back when I went to high school, uh, senior year, a couple of the guys were so bored, they actually blew up the guardhouse in front of our high school. <laughs> they blew it up. Because they had put it there for senior year so that people wouldn't leave the school so much. Right. Oh and God. these guys blew it up. So wow. what are the suggestions, <laughs> Wayne? So, <laughs> anyway... Uh, well, first of all, they suggest that high school should only be two years, uh, but it should be year-round because they feel that over the summertime there's there's a sort of a loss of momentum in learning over the summer. Then you kind of have to start all over again to get ramp them back up again that's in September. Yeah. So that well, but there have been schools that have tried that. Yes. Uh, absolutely. But but that's one of the major suggestions they have. And okay. that way, the, the second the second of the four, or, or I'm sorry, the um, third and fourth year that they normally would go, be going to high school they could be preparing either in a trade school or a college uh, pre- uh, preparatory school and and then possibly uh do better and maybe get into a college and and maybe uh better prepare themselves for the, for for life. Well, it's an interesting proposal.
2: Um and you know, I'd love to see some some trial schools where they might try this privately and see how it goes.
1: Right,
0: and I think that's the important point about all of this. And I and I still want to hear what the other suggestions are, mm. but I'm sure that none of them and I'm just guessing here. I'm sure that none of the suggestions are, let's get the government out of education. Because, I mean, you can you can twist and modify and make a change here and change there. Okay, we're going to make it a year-round government school now. It's still government school run by bureaucrats who are unaccountable, run by people who don't have access to market signals. Yeah. They may have angry parents from time to time, but they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. They don't have to adjust their curriculum for a few angry parents. And we're going to get back into this, uh, to more of this when we come back. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. Your thoughts. Are you a parent? And uh, if so, you're certainly welcome to chime in with your horror stories about what has happened in government schools to your kids or maybe to you when you were back in government schools or whatever on your mind. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there. They're completely free. And if you want to get kept up to date with what's going on with the show, then head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on our handy-dandy email list. That's updates freetalklive.com and you will be in the loop. Also, you need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's first 1,000 pledge. Look, are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the first 1,000 pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. And I think some people, considering that there's only less than two weeks now, remaining in the first 1,000 pledge time frame, Mm. like you've got until the end of this month, December 31st, to sign on to the first 1,000 pledge, I think some people are finally realizing that now would be a good time to sign up, because we have seen a spike in sign-ups recently. That's good, but if it spikes up and then goes back down, that's not so good. So we need to keep that pace. We need to keep increasing the, uh, the amount of signers and get... A 1,000 people to agree to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project by the end of 2008. That's what the first 1,000 pledge is. We've already got a couple hundred people that have moved here already, adding to the ranks of the few hundred people that are already sort of activists in uh, here in New Hampshire. And as more people come in, things are just going to get more and more exciting. I mean, you came in here tonight, Gardner. And uh, you were like, wow, man, it's so great that you guys are here. And yeah, we just had yeah. this UN flag burn over the weekend, the I third am. annual. I can't UN tell flag you. Burn. It's
2: just so much. You know, I grew up swinging around on vines in Amherst, New Hampshire, you know. And uh, my friends and I, I, I know what the state used to be like. You know, it was real down down roots libertarian philosophy and things have changed a little bit but there's still a lot of hope for new hampshire
0: right the reinforcements are on the way yeah uh the organizations are being formed they're already they're actually already out there a number of them nhfree.com the new hampshire liberty alliance so there's political organizations there's apolitical organizations whatever it is that floats your boat about the liberty movement there are people here that agree with you Free state and state want to work amazing. with you. you know, and they have
2: they have meanies Somebody moves in. Wayne, you know about this. Somebody moves in. All of a sudden, the people are there to help them out. They're moving into a new house. Oh, it's, people it's are tremendous. helping them move. It's so cool. It's like the old-style barn burning that you saw in Witness or something like that. I mean, not barn burning. Barn raising, you know.
0: Well, that's actually it's going on down in uh, Winchester. It's fantastic. We were there. We were There um, There really are right, really, Free State yeah. Project members going and building a barn for real. It's, <laughs> it's,
2: it's happening. It's so cool. It's so good. And, so, of course, when you get to associate with people, you know, we're talking off the air. Wayne's bringing stuff up like, oh, yeah, man, great memory, you know, or just, just recognizing the intellectual capacity of somebody else with whom you're speaking. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. It's so refreshing. Right, it's, it's amazing. So nice.
0: It's very unusual for me, and I'm starting to get, kind of get used to it at this point, right. but it's unusual to be around so many people who are of like mind. You don't have that where I come from down in Florida. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, if politics comes up, it's usually, you usually walk away feeling disgusted, whereas here in New Hampshire, if you just encounter, let, let alone hanging around with free-stater or liberty-oriented types, mm-hmm. the whole state... Just tor- sort of has a liberty-oriented slant to it. So if you're out in public and a conversation strikes up with some random stranger, there's the the odds are good that he's packing heat and that uh, and that he's very uh, vehemently anti-tax and generally pro-freedom and anti-government. These are, these are people you don't discover in California and Florida and, and uh, Texas and other places. So it's just an amazing its just amazing what's going on here. Freestateproject.org, the first 1,000 pledge. We're talking about schools. Bill Gates has some proposals. Actually, him and his blue ribbon panel or whatever have, have some proposals for the government school system. And we're going to get back into that. But Charles is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
5: How's it going, guys? Good. Charles, hey, what's on your mind? I'm, I'm sure you
6: guys are probably getting tired of me calling you. But first off, I have to talk about what happened on Saturday's show a guy that called in asking about the, where is the gun. Uh, do, you, do you recall that, the guy who said that there's no gun ever? In
0: yeah, combat? there was a guy who was in serious denial. We tried to handhold him through the <laughs> uh, the concept of if you disobey the government, they're going to pull out guns and shoot you eventually or yes, threaten you. Yes, the uh, logic chain of it. Right, he could not understand it. And when we held his hand through it, he came out saying that we are uh, we were basically believing in a fantasy. Like what? that, that yeah. was not possible. Wow. Tell I that think, to
2: the
0: – go yeah, ahead. His, Sorry, his
6: real problem was that uh, in terms of he, – he was talking about, I guess, the labor unions with his whole angle. But mm-hmm. he doesn't understand that when you're paying $30 an hour for unskilled labor, and that's about 100000 a year to do a job that doesn't require any specialty, and you could just go in and basically do it. That's going to cause a problem when you're going to see some international
2: competition. That's right.
0: Hello. Oh, that's true. He was bemoaning the fact that oh, jobs are going overseas. Oh man. And well, so hello. You know,
2: I don't know about you, Ian and Wayne and Charles, but um, you know, when you try to explain to somebody that the whole key to a productive economy is to let you get more with your money, not less and that the ability of employers to be able to get people who will work for less and produce more is good for an economy, no matter where they come from, whether they're shopping over to India by computer or bringing in illegal immigrants or illegal immigrants. It doesn't make a difference. It helps the United States. Yeah. It's very hard for them to get it. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, he was yeah.
0: totally off of it. What did you have about that, Charles?
6: Uh, I was just going to say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Right. And uh, getting paid $100,000 a year to do something where you don't need any necessary skill, it's pretty ridiculous. And I think that ties into the education system with what Bill Gates is trying to do. Now, I respect Bill Gates. I think he's done a great thing with that company. He has some of the best uh, data structures that you could possibly do with uh, operating systems. But the thing is, I don't think he really understands education when he failed out of college himself. Is that our colleague failed out of uh, Harvard MBA school. So to hear him, I guess, give his opinion towards education, I find to be a little premature since he's not exactly an expert. Well, wait a minute, that's not
0: fair. That's not fair. You don't have to go to four years of college to understand that uh, the education system in this country is screwed up. I mean, I only went to two, and I well, I think that I, it's I, it's pretty obvious how screwed up it is.
6: I think I think anyone even without college can understand the educational system is screwed up. But in terms of fixing it you might need to have some background in education that might be some a uh, useful skill you know what? in terms of making suggestions
0: i see what you're saying and as far as uh creating new educational structures yeah you might want to have some background in education but at the uh, on the same hand i think that the, uh, to to suggest that the solution for education as i su- have, i su- have suggested several times is to um turn right. it over to the marketplace, you don't need to be an expert in that case because I can sit here and advocate that all night and not know a darn thing about educating because I know that if we turn education over to the marketplace and get it out of government's hands, right. Right. then all of the people who do know something about educating or the people who would like to at least try their hand at it so they can learn how to educate would jump into the game in cent- uh, you know, in search of those wonderful profits that are out there waiting for them. Yeah. they jump well, into the game and create all sorts of different uh, educational options.
1: Mm. Yeah, it see, it seems... I was gonna say it seems to me that Bill Gates is just an unhappy consumer of education and that's why he dropped out. He felt he didn't need it, it was a waste of time and he went off and did his own thing. And, he, and that's that's good good for, it's good it's a good thing he did. Charles, yeah. any other thoughts?
6: Yeah, well I just I'm gonna to respond to it saying, Okay, you know, you are correct. He really didn't need his education as he he turns out because uh I mean what, he's worth fifteen billion dollars now. But From an ideological standpoint, I agree with you. It's a good thing to privatize the system. However, from a practicality standpoint or from a uh, logistics standpoint, there's a lot lot more to it than just, you know, here's an ideology, here's money, let's try to combine the two. There's a lot more that goes into it, and I don't think his recommendations that I've heard seem to be – Uh, practical as of yet. We're going to try to run down
0: the rest of them here. We've only gotten through, I think, one or two of them. And Charles, thank you for the call. And I agree with what what he's saying. It's not as easy to make the changes as it is to suggest them. That much is true. Mm. We're going to come back with more, though it is easy to get the government the heck out. It's simple, at least. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Gard. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Over 900 pages of user-created content. That's right. Listeners like you created all of, that, all of those pages. I didn't do anything to it. We better just put better shut that down. Newt Gangers might not like it. Yeah, well, since anyone can post there, uh, old Newt and John <laughs> McCain uh, would like to shut it down. That's right. But it is open, and you can edit virtually anything that you see. So if you see something you want to change, then change it. It's up to you. Wiki.FreeTalkLive.com. W-I-K-I.FreeTalkLive.com. Hey, do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That is akidsjourney.com. Now, Wayne, uh, you've got, speaking of kids, we're talking about education, and Bill Gates and his blue ribbon panel of government bureaucrats that he put together. Yes. To make suggestions for the government education system, and we've gone through one of them. Can we just go ahead and uh, go through the remainder of their uh, of their ideas as to what we should change with well, the government education system?
1: For for one, uh, they also propose uh, renegotiating the union contracts for the teachers. More money. Uh, well, what they want is more merit based pay, which isn't a bad idea. Oh, really? That's, that's, yeah. yeah. That's not, not a bad not idea. Bad. Now, how would that work? Well, you have to define merit first. That's an excellent right. point.
2: Achieving certain goals could be fairly easy as long as you make the goals very
0: easily attained. Well, what we saw down uh, down in Florida, where I used to live, they have this mandatory test that everybody has to take at a certain grade level. I think it's like the uh, 10th grade level. Everyone is forced to take it. It's the FCAT is what it's called. And depending on the score that, uh, cumulatively, collectively, the students get in that grade level, um, depending on the score they get, the school is ranked... And then whoever gets an A, for instance, gets extra money, or and whoever gets an F gets less money. So right. the school has a financial interest to make their students very successful on this one test. And Which, so the same thing will happen here. Essentially what happens is the teachers teach to the test. The teachers spend a lot of time teaching the kids what's going to be on the FCAT, how to take tests, so they can get the, the best scores they can possibly get. So that's all that you're going to see with, this, with a government merit-based system, is there's going to be some lame-o, you know, some lame-o set of uh, parameters, and the government teachers are going to waste all their time teaching to that one set of parameters, and nothing else is going to, get, going to get taught in the class.
1: And guess what happens after they take the test, which is fairly early in the school year. They do Zippo the rest of the year. They drool and, and cry for mommy the rest of the year. Wow. Yeah. So
0: that's yeah. what's going on
1: those, there.
2: Those standardized tests are interesting because a lot of people look at it as, well, you know, at least they're doing something different, which is they're getting rewarded for good good behavior and they're getting getting some sort of an incentive, whereas typically with government, when they fail, they get more money, you know? Right. And, now, and so somebody says, well, that's that's actually a good idea. But unfortunately, that's um, that's the unfortunate problem. They get into this pattern where they teach to the test. And then the results, the parents are saying, well, are these kids really getting a well-rounded education? It's very questionable. Now, Again, a government system, what can you do?
0: Right. Well, in a more private system, in a free market education system, we can't even really envision exactly what would come about, but we can try. Right. And I, I would think that, for instance, um, kind of like in a, if you're at a retail establishment and you get good service from somebody – you go to the manager and say, hey, you know what? So-and-so uh, Gardner uh, at the cash register gave me really great service today. Mm. And uh, the manager sort of, oh, yeah, okay, thanks for that. Makes a note. Gardner, good service. And then, you know, a bunch of other uh, people come in and say, yeah, that guy Gardner, he's really doing a great job. And he's handsome, too. Right. And bonus. <laughs> uh, and. and so eventually, the manager is going to say, "Yeah, you know, Gardner's getting a lot of compliments. He's a really good employee. Right. I'm
2: going to give him a raise." Same thing with parents and their and their kids. Exactly. Say, you know what? I'm really satisfied because it's it, when it comes down to, and this is this is I think one of the important lessons to be learned as as Bill Gates comes up with different proposals, and then that'll be sort of sifted through, and you'll hear different politicians coming up with their ideas and things like that. Um, and what it comes down to is whether the parents are satisfied, and that ought to tell us something about how much we should rely on government versus how much we should rely on individuals, whether we have a free market-oriented society or we have a government regulation-oriented society. Because if we don't think that we can trust parents to make decisions about their own kids in a market-oriented education system, and instead we take the decision-making process out of the parents' hands and diffuse it with thousands of other people and their representatives and all the debates and all the unions and all the political pressures that Mm -hmm. come into it, and we say that's going to be a better system, well, if we can't trust the parents to handle it themselves in the first place, how can we trust aggregated parents and it's, some people who aren't
1: even parents? It's to make a better decision.
0: It's, when, it's insane.
1: Let's continue with the other points. Well, the next point is they uh, basically they they feel that uh, private organizations can take a new role in, in in helping schools and working with schools. In what way? Uh, well, partnering. Um, you know, the, here's the, here's the gray area here. When you read this, is that sponsoring
0: the football team isn't exactly <laughs>
1: what I'm looking for. You're right, and and the problem with these some of these so-called public-private um, arrangements are that uh, they they get a little bit. Um, Shady, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, the
2: special favors for certain private businesses, they can come in and do something special, and then the town fathers will say, oh, well, uh, we'll we'll do this for you over at the school baseball park, or we'll do this for you here or do this for you there. You'll get the first place in the uh, uh, town parade or something like that, that sort of deal. Or you'll get, uh, oh, well, you know, we'd love to attract this business, and we'll change your zoning and allow the zoning in this particular part of town so that you can come in as long as you do X
1: or Y for our mm-hmm. school. That sort of thing, or, or maybe some private company, like a pharmaceutical company, will partner with a school and, and uh, give out free uh, um, ah, free, pills, <laughs> free for pills for your kids, free peppermint flavored Prozac for your oh depressed goodness. kids. That Who is knows? Very interesting. And, yeah. and
2: unfortunately, there, the, see, the difference between the responsiveness for parents. If they were dissatisfied with something like that, it would be very difficult to change that in a government system. But in a private system, if you found that a private school was getting donations from some company or some board, you just pull your kids out. That's it. That's enough. You pull your kids out of a public school system like that where... Maybe they have a great idea of this partnership with some sort of a of private company to sort of uh, defray certain costs for textbooks or something like that, and it turns out that they're also providing some magazine in the bookstore that parents don't like or mm-hmm. something like that. It's very very difficult because now the government is attached to that money; they're also attached
0: to the parents' taxes, and the parents they have no choice unless they move away. Yeah, I and generally it, like the idea of going in a more private direction, mm-hmm. but I just really think that we need to we really need to stick to pushing for the principle solution, and that is to end government schools entirely. And I got on the air recently on a local talk show here in Keene, mm-hmm. and they were talking about this, and I sort of chimed in, and I, and I said, well, you know, what's what's outrageous is, of course, this communist funding mentality that we have when it comes to government schools. I mean, everybody has to pay to send kids to school, whether or not they even have kids in the schools, right. or whether or not they like the schools that they're sending uh, sending to. And the host came back with, well, you know, yeah, I understand everything, but but we have a that's one of the great things about this country is the gift—the gift of public schooling. Oh man, and, what a bunch uh, of crap! This isn't a you gift. You know what? You know what
2: gets me about that is we get this sort of this sort of blather all the time. If you're against government schools, you're not part of the community. And yeah. they did that in the prison. You're they, anti-kid. They, absolutely. It, if you're, you're anti-social, you're anti-kid. I, I can't even remember what they used in the prison. Was something like anti-communitarian or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and they made fun of it, this mentality that if you are in favor of people being able to use their own money voluntarily the way they want to, you are against the philosophy that undergirds the society here, which right. is so bogus. It's, it's it ridiculous. Was, it was
0: outrageous to even suggest that government schools are a gift to children. Let me keep my money so I can really... Yeah. Give my money on a voluntary basis. And just to the look kids. at all the statistics with the SATs. They
2: changed the SATs on a bell curve in the mid 90s because the kids were doing so poorly, and
0: they're still not doing any yep. better. It's incredible. They, they won't the do better. Scores are still flat. So as, if as more a gift federal for government, all. there was a great uh, graph in Harry Brown's book, "Why Government Doesn't Work," yeah. where he juxtaposed the federal government's school budget for the Department of Education yeah. since like 1950 when it started, or 1954, and that of course continues to go up. Right. And he also juxtaposed the uh, the <laughs> test score graph as it continues to go down. Uh, let's go to Marco in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
7: Hey guys. Hey, hey what's Martin. on your mind, Marco? Um. This, this is an issue very, very important to myself. I was, uh, I was in the public education system for pretty much all of my life until I was uh, halfway through my freshman year. And um, had, had a problem with the faculty. This is a whole other story. But when I switched schools, I went to a uh, private school. I want to
0: get the rest of your story. If it's important, you'll hang on. We'll come back to you. 800-259-9231. And it sounds important to me. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Guard. That's the packet, 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their website, and we give it away, as you do on your site at uh, libertyconspiracy.com. Right on. You got it. It is .com, right on. Yeah, .com. Very good. Yeah. And uh, so it's all free freetalklive.com though of course it does cost us money to put the site online and in that uh, to that end we would appreciate your voluntary support by buying some stuff. In fact, Gardner, you came in here tonight. You saw me wearing my Free Talk Live hat. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty sure. Very huh? cool. It's great. Nice construction too. Very nice quality items we have in the Free Talk Live store. Open for business at store.freetalklive.com. We got bowling shirts. We got t-shirts. We got a variety of different hats. You've yet to see the uh, the beanie style, like for when it's cold out. Oh, I like that. We got one of those. Uh, we've also got DVD classic archive collections from way way back in our local days. And uh, more, even a free marketeer flag, all there at store.freetalklive.com. Great way to get some cool swag and help Freetalk Live out all at the same time. And Ian, this is going out to Richard
2: over in Australia. Richard, I want a Radio Birdman tube hat. <laughs> I want that hat. A and tube hat? Yeah, it's like uh, I didn't, I couldn't get it. I, 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 I saw them down at, uh, down at the Middle East Cafe down in Boston. It was just unbelievable. It was like a Cat in a Hat kind of thing. It's, you know, like it's some winter hat, you know, oh, okay. and it says black and has Radio Birdman on it. Right and, on. You know, I didn't have enough money to so yeah that is a problem yeah
0: gotta have money to buy stuff that's stored go. on freetalklive.com as we go back to marco in michigan now marco you said that you went to government school for a long time you shifted over to private school and you had a story for us
7: uh yeah i guess it's a it's a story i was um was m- enrolled in this health class you know it's mandatory in ninth grade right. and it was actually more like i don't do drugs don't have sex class
1: yeah <laughs>
7: but um all the same we we were we had to write this 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 paper and uh, study on a drug and talk about the drug's effect and like what it did to you. And what I did was uh, marijuana, and um, the paper that I turned in pretty much had everything to do with it. It's really not that bad. It's not a big deal, and I don't understand why it's illegal.
0: Indeed. Very and indeed.
7: Um, so the, it was a day or two later. My uh, health teacher um, kind of takes me aside when everyone else is going off to a to a lab, and then takes me down to the principal's office, and I'm. Mm-hmm. Confused about what's going on, and then they go through my pockets and they uh, go through <laughs> oh, my locker. Wow! And, uh, the they thought call police. My stepdad, and uh, they haven't pick me up and take me down to the, uh, the doctor's office for a drug test.
0: Wait, this was at the private school mm-hmm. or the government no, school? This is at a public school. Oh, okay. Wow. That's why
7: I went to a, to a private school.
0: Got it.
2: Wow, yeah. man. Uh, okay, now uh, I should ask you: um, Did how did your parents respond to that?
7: Um, well, at first they were like really concerned, and then they were kind of baffled because. I didn't really have a bad reputation at the school. I wasn't like one of the kids that should be a suspect by any means.
0: Wow. Well, you yeah, wrote a, a you wrote a report, right. is what happened. That's oh. that's yeah,
7: exactly, t- and that's that's what that's what it came down to.
0: And you know what? That's tantamount to what happened to uh, Loretta Nall. She ran for governor in the state of Alabama this past year, and uh, we had her on the show a few times. And yeah. originally, what what propelled her into the news, what got her active as a as a libertarian activist, was when she was raided. Her home was raided by the police looking for marijuana after she had written a letter to the editor in the newspaper in support of legalization of marijuana. So, A. It must be crime. Yeah, it's the same exact thing as what uh, happened to you, except a little more violent. Wow. Can you imagine Gardner being raided because you wrote a letter to the editor?
2: Jeez. You know, uh, Marco, um, um, I I had an agent out in L.A. when I was doing script writing, and I... I uh, did something about government schools in a in a, what they call a spec script, speculation script that I had mm-hmm. to write for the show The Practice. And in right. it, I had a story about a kid who uh, they had this thing called DRAC, Drug Resistance Awareness, something or other. And right. uh, instead of the whatever the things, dare. yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. And um and and basically the kid uh, switches urine samples with his father. Uh, in just this bizarre way, because the kid's been smoking pot, but it turns out his father's taking harder stuff, <laughs> and he gets in even worse trouble. And you know, right. and, and that's just incredible that you here you are writing something, and and they don't know they don't like your opinion. Yep. So instead of actually addressing the points in a logical manner, they use force and intimidation. Shut
7: them
0: down. Exactly, wow. and
7: I I was, I was like baffled at the whole situation, and people kept coming up to me, like. I mean, what you do, you must have done something pretty bad. And this was right after the whole trench coat Mafia thing oh, went down. And soon after this, they banned trench coats and they banned uh, bringing backpacks between classes.
0: You know, it's so sad is that a lot of people that pull their kids out of government schools, they have to have something traumatic happen to them like this before they decide, okay, enough of this, we're going to private schools. A lot of the people that pull their kids out of government schools aren't necessarily doing it because the teaching is lousy, they're doing it because... Their kids have been harassed or their kids have been harmed in some way. And and Marco, uh, we're glad you made it out okay. How did you feel about your experience at private school?
7: Um, it was it, the difference was remarkable. Really, like it, it it changed me for the better in in so many ways. You can my mother can attest to this for sure. Um, he, I was when I went to this this school for the first time. It was in this basement, and we didn't have any equipment, and it wasn't it wasn't big at all. We had 25 students, but um, when I graduated and I started going to college, uh, it, it 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 was remarkable to me how uneducated the people were around me. And I don't mean to sound elitist at all when no, I No, it's that.
0: okay. I mean, that's what the system's designed to do. It's sad, but true. They, the system is designed to crank out a bunch of Muprons.
7: And by, it, by the time I was done with high school, I was familiar with all of Shakespeare's major works. I was um, fluent in um, uh, language and um, it's 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 really sad, man.
1: And the that, crime um, here other is. People
7: don't have the same opportunity that I had.
1: And the crime here is that your parents had to pay tuition twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it
0: really is. Well, Marco, thank you for the call, man. We really appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Look, I I understand where he's saying, like he doesn't want to put down these kids, and and I don't either. I went to government school too. Yeah. Um It was one of the gifted schools, so it's kind of like the upper echelon government school or whatever. But nonetheless. Um, I, from what I've seen, the people who went to government schools are still capable of learning. They're still capable of understanding the ideas we're presenting. It's just that they're really lousy at spelling and sentence structure, and 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 doing other things that you need for basic
2: life. And you know, Wayne, you you brought it up, and I know off the air we were talking a little bit about this, about how your your family homeschools, and you were talking about your son and how far ahead he is, how, how well he's doing in mathematics. And I asked, how old is he? He just said, oh, he's 11, you know. And But you're getting nailed twice. You're taken three times, really. You're taking – your wife is taking time that she could be using working if the kids were at school. You have your tax money being taken, and then you have to spend the money on the tools and utensils that you're using at home. Which and, probably isn't a lot of money, is it,
1: Wayne? Not really it it can get expensive if you want it to be, but you yeah. can do it pretty inexpensively, yeah,
0: nonetheless and, and, these kids are they're yeah. they're victims of abuse, yeah. by a uh, a terrible system that is just harming their minds, and That's it's right. and it's very sad, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one hey speaking of schools, I've had this sitting in my email box for a little while. I think this is a perfect time to get to it here in hour number three. Mm. The question is. The biggest scamble of your life, is college worth it? We're going to look into it and determine, well, maybe it's not right for you. Or maybe it is. We'll find out. But first, we're going to Dennis in New Hampshire on the Amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
8: Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Dennis.
0: Dennis.
8: Yeah. So listen, um, the term I like to use when I talk to people about the current state of of schooling, I like to use the term Soviet-style schooling. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) Right
1: on. Very now, good.
8: now, speaking of Soviet-style stuff, I was talking to a coworker the other day, and uh, this guy, when he was growing up, he grew up in what was at the time communist Czechoslovakia, right? Yeah. And I find that folks from Eastern Bloc companies, they just have such insight into what's going on. And uh, he, he pointed something out to uh, to me and some of the other people that were chatting with him. He said, you know, when they put the Berlin Wall up, It was all about keeping the bad capitalists
1: out. Mm.
2: Mm. You can't have that because it's a disease that starts to spread. Well, now we're
0: going to be putting up walls to keep out the big bad uh, immigrants, right? Yeah,
8: it it is just an interesting little parallel. Yeah, well, it's it's the bad guy's out.
0: It's a scary idea because I don't know why Americans don't get it why they can, they can look at the idea of, for instance, a border wall or a border fence and think that this is a good concept. Hello, it's going to keep you in.
2: Yeah, and you know, you know Dennis, what, what's fascinating is I constantly encounter people here in New Hampshire, and I know, Dennis, uh, you're aware of what's been going on in New Hampshire, and it's happened in about 40 other states around the country, there were these lawsuits against unequal education from town to town. And they are oriented. There was a website that was devoted to it for a while before they pulled it down because some of the free people were, were getting interested in downloading the information to expose them. Uh, they did it in Kentucky, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Vermont, everywhere, all over the country. They brought these lawsuits saying, well, since one town has to spend X amount per per student and another town has to tax uh, people X amount per, per house and so on and so forth uh, on property taxes, that's not fair. It should all be equal and it should all be decided centrally. And, of course... People understood that if you can't have a free market, the closest you could could come to it was at least have towns competing with other towns.
0: And they want to get rid of that.
2: They want to stop it.
0: Dennis, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Continuing, we'll discuss college and whether or not it is worth it. So many people. There's this huge myth in this country that everybody has to go to college. But maybe it's not such a good idea after all. Or at least for a lot of people. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You take control of the airwaves. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And guard. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features. They are completely free. Freetalklive.com. Last hour, we were talking about education and some suggested changes that Bill Gates and his panel of experts have decided that should be made to the entire, um, to the entire government school system. And, of course, we didn't even touch on how difficult it would be for the government to actually make any of these sweeping changes. I mean, it's just it's a lot easier to just stick with what you've got going on rather than yeah. implement all these changes. Of course, it really wouldn't make a difference, as you put it during one of the breaks, Wayne. They're talking about just uh, rearranging the, uh, the deck chairs on the Titanic. We're still talking about government schools, and government schools inherently are run poorly. It's just a matter of being a bureaucracy versus a for-profit business,
1: and, the, u- and the unions wouldn't allow a lot of these changes, either. right? Oh yeah,
0: they don't. No, um, right. They don't have the incentive to innovate. They don't have the incentive. To satisfy customers because they just aren't connected to the marketplace. Exactly. The customers are not directly paying them; they're funded through coercion. Not going to get into uh, detail on that, but if you shift over to colleges, somebody might say, "Well, colleges are better because uh, colleges there's more competition, uh, they're more market based, people are actually paying more directly for the education they're getting," and they'd be right about that. That in much a, is in true. a way, now there is, of course, there's a lot of government uh, funding of colleges. Right. There's a lot of, uh, for instance, a state college is essentially a college that is really heavily connected to the government. In fact, there are very few. I think maybe two or three and colleges. In fact,
2: I think people will find that if they turn to some of the side projects of their state colleges, particularly in the sociology departments and the history departments they'll find that there are state-funded offices at their colleges which are working in direct contravention to the principles of individual liberty, not only the fact that their money is being taken, but they are coming up with polls and studies and all sorts of things mm. that are going to be used by politicians back in the state regarding insurance reform. To justify and more big government. Exactly. Right.
0: So there's plenty of problems with colleges on just uh, on the the face of being a college and the system that is set up and how it's funded and all that. But that all doesn't even address the ultimate question, and that is, should you go? Now, we have a lot of younger listeners in our audience, and if you're in high school, for instance, right now, you're probably getting a lot of something like this. Oh, what college are you going to? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm applying at some of them. Well, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? And, you know, there's this sort of uh, societal uh, mentality of you must go to college if you want to be successful, yeah, and I don't think that's really true, yeah, it's as if <clears throat> it's as if you have to be part of the
2: the sequence it's a, it's mm-hmm. an inevitable sequence. You must graduate school, get this many credits, do these types of classes so you can get into this college, and then from that college you will get this type of a job. Um I went to Boston University and to answer your question, I studied filmmaking there. And um, it was a waste of my time yeah. and a lot of my parents' money and some of my money. And yeah, you spend
0: was... a lot of time editing film these days, huh?
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. You don't? You no, know, it's <laughs> totally stupid. The, yeah. the stuff I learned about film you can learn in in about four months, and it's ridiculous. And it all it's all based on innate ability. Anyway.
0: And these days, film doesn't matter anymore.
2: No, it's so stupid. And then now there are some things that are very important. You know, going to school for getting some sort of a degree in business or something like that, or maybe engineering you want to train. But
0: I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to make it sound like college is completely useless Mm. for certain fields i believe it absolutely is something you have to do you want to be a doctor you want to be a lawyer i mean there are certain things where that piece of paper is critical to having a future in that particular industry and that environment learning is is probably good but but nonetheless it's uh it behooves us to honestly take a close look at the phenomenon of college in the united states And look at the people that are attending college and determine whether or not this is actually a good idea for them. Luckily, we don't have to do the research because somebody else has already done so. Um, Let's see. I believe this is from michaelrobertson.com. In 2005, young people ages 18 to 25 in the United States gambled $67 billion. Not in Vegas or in online poker rooms, but on a betterment program called college. Their hope is that the monies they're spending now will allow them to earn more money over their lifetime. It's an investment, right? Well, many are paying for this wager by amassing a mountain of debt that will take years to pay off. Now, is that a good wager? Conventional wisdom says it is. But with $67 billion on the line, and that's a debt accumulated by just one year, or in just one year, by college attendees. So $67 billion this year, wow. and then another $67 billion next year. Probably go up, actually, next year. We should have more than conventional wisdom or parental or societal pressures to guide the way to smart economic decisions. Reef's economic analysis shows that college is a financial mistake for more than half of American young people today. Shielded from scrutiny in this transaction by an assumption of public good are universities and college leaders who many expect to provide guidance to these young people. While the data, of course, they're going to guide them into their college. That's right. It's more money for them. That's right. While the data hints at ways for some individuals to improve the odds of a positive financial outcome, half of the people attending college should hear the frank, counterintuitive advice don't go to college. Now, it's interesting. People are so. Skeptical when it comes to business people, right? Like when you're going to buy a product, you you might wonder if the person selling you that product is a scam artist, right? You know, somebody trying to sell you a, a piece of crap and essentially walk away with all your money and yeah, uh,
1: commission salesman, and they just want the money,
0: right? People right. are concerned with these things when it comes to buying a DVD player, but when it comes to spending twenty, forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars at a college per year. They just flush it away as though, oh, well, we have to do this. this, this is fine, this is college, it's good. These people are running a business too. Why aren't we equally as skeptical about their claims? The analysis begins by assessing a college education purely as a monetary investment. Undoubtedly, there are other benefits beyond money to attend college, but it's such an enormous economic decision that it seems foolish to not fully understand the financial ramifications and use that as a primary factor in the decision process. After all, the reason you're supposedly going is to make more money. Overall, college grads do have higher earnings than non-grads. But that's only part of the equation. And you know that the college people, the promoters, they plaster those numbers all over the place. Yeah. Oh, you'll earn more money. So do
2: the politicians, of course, when they say that a college education is now a right.
0: A deeper analysis looks at the cost of acquiring that degree and the monies included, uh, including interest charges, which need to be repaid. Uh, And then using a 40-year time career... Here is the total return, which look at earnings, college expenses, and interest. So if uh, you're looking at your return on your college investment here, looking at a public college, for instance, a government uh, state school, you're looking at spending $76,000, earnings over 40 40 years more than high school graduates, uh, $433,000 is what they will earn. Their effective interest rate on their investment is 4.42%. Compared to a private college, which is $151,000 because they don't have the the subsidies, uh, you're going to earn uh, essentially $322,000 more than a high school graduate over 40 years. Mm. So you get a 1.9% return on your investment there. So pretty poor returns there for the the money you're investing. These numbers indicate that a college education is an extremely poor economic investment for private universities. for private universities and while better for public institutions still poses a meager return when compared to typical investments mm. to put it another way most financial planners expect a 7 to 8% annual return if you propose to them a 40 year investment with expected yields of 2 to 4% on average they would most surely recommend against it making matters worse the numbers used for this calculation use average salaries for men Since average women's salaries are less, college is an even poorer investment for females. Now, you might walk through all the calculations and link to a spreadsheet file, but we want to anticipate some of the criticism likely to be pointed out. First, in our calculation, we did assume 100% debt financing. Now, few students finance 100% of their academic costs. Some have parents that pay for all of a or a portion of their costs. Some qualify for financial aid such as grants. But just because the monies are coming from another source doesn't change the effective return. It just distributes the poor investment to a wider pool of people, taxpayers and parents. So then we're going to examine what the numbers look like if you're lucky enough to have your parents pick up the entire tab. But instead of using the money to go to college, so your parents are going to give you the $75,000, you invested in a balanced portfolio which returns 7.5% annually. And presumably you got a job straight out of high school. So we're going to compare the numbers. Between getting a job out of high school and investing some cash and investing the cash in college. Coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It is the Monday edition, and it's Ian here with you.
1: And Wayne. And guard.
0: You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the site, easily downloadable for your convenience, and it's free at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum Attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. The three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org/libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org/libertyforum. We're talking about college. Everybody sort of taught as they're growing up that, well, the best of the best go to college. If you're really
1: going to be smart and successful, you should go to college, too. Hey, Ian, you know what my mom used to always tell me?
7: Go to college or you'll have a jackass job.
1: <laughs> Was she right? Well, I went to college and I don't, yeah. but uh, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't go to college. Indeed. And I went to two years of college and uh,
0: I essentially had to unlearn the things that I learned in college. Yeah. I, went, I went to uh, two years... ...for radio and television broadcasting, and I was taught uh, to over-enunciate in college. This is what they taught me. They taught oh, me man. to uh, hit my T's really hard and to, you know, really spit it out there. And, and it's just... And then I got into uh, radio. Actually, I was already in radio before I started college, and I started cutting commercials with this over-enunciation, and the production guy sort of took me aside and he said, Look, man, it's you don't gonna... do it this way. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, I essentially wasted my time at college and uh I don't know how you feel about your college experience Gardner. yeah i
2: think I think it wasn't worth the investment uh everything that I learned there, except for maybe uh material for my politics and philosophy class with Celia Ben Habib, my freshman year. Uh, There's plenty was, of books on politics. Yeah, and and in fact, I ended up, uh, from there, I ended up learning more from this company called Knowledge Products, which puts out these great tapes that were available through the laissez fair books for a right. while. Right,
0: you didn't have to pay $20,000 for the privilege of buying the tapes. No way. Yeah. 20 it was, bucks.
2: It was 120 bucks for, you know, 10 tapes or something like that with uh, great philosophers and one on the Constitution, a lot of it written by George Smith, famous libertarian Uh, Ralph Reiko did some. They have stuff on the uh, world's great economic thinkers, narrated by Louis Rukeyser. Great stuff on the Austrian economist, Hayek von Mises, Bumper Virk. And I learned more. It was like my own university. I directed it myself.
0: uh, On your own pace. Yeah, exactly. And much more affordable. Well, now Michael Robertson at michaelrobertson.com has actually taken some numbers and is analyzing as to whether or not it is a good idea to go to college, and he's looking at it from a, to start from a purely financial standpoint. In that, for instance, if you went to a, a public or a state school where there's subsidies from the, uh, from the local state government, and you spent about $77,000, you would end up earning about half a million, about $433,000 more in your 40-year lifetime working than someone who just graduated high school. So that's another half a million dollars. Yeah, that seems it seems like okay. Maybe nice might be check. worthwhile. But when you run the numbers, it's only a 4.42 percent return on your investment, which compared to a normal investment portfolio, not so great. No. in fact, it's really not much better than a money market or something. You know, it's not much better than a CD. Uh, well, let's look at the numbers when you compare. The $77,000, again, these are the average fees to go to a state school. Right. So a lot of kids, for instance, they don't have to get into debt. And debt's a whole other issue. Getting into debt and having to pay that off mm. for your whole life, oh. whoa, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, but let's presume that you've got kids with parents, who've got deep pockets, and the parents are just going to pay for college. Just going to pay that $77,000 and uh, send you to college. Let's compare that kid to the kid who managed to somehow talk his parents into giving him the $77,000 and then turning, you know, maybe investing it with his parents, with a, an investment advisor and all that, and putting it into um, in different investments, a portfolio. Let's run the numbers. Over 40 years, the high school graduate who got the $77,000 and invested it would earn $1.2 million in his 40 year lifespan. His investment income at 7.5% on that $77,000 would earn him $1.3 million in addition to his earnings working at jobs. So that's a total of 2.5, over $2.5 million that he would earn if he was able to take that $77,000 from his parents and invest it. Now compare that to the public college graduate who invested his money in the college. Well, he would make $1.78 or almost $1.8 million in his 40-year lifespan. Investment income, zero, because he's been paying back that debt the entire time. So in actuality, the comparison is the high school graduate with that same amount of money to invest in a portfolio makes several hundred thousand dollars more in his lifetime than the college graduate does. Now what these uh, numbers indicate is that trust fund babies would be better off taking their college funds and investing them bypassing college entirely, and working at whatever job they could get without a degree. Now, of course, they don't teach you investing in high school. No. No. What they do is they teach you to go to college.
2: Right. They, they teach you that college equates to status. The more expensive the college, the more status you have, and uh, the better you're going to do in life. They're
1: they also teach a political correctness in high school. That's
0: true. Yeah, a lot of that. You got that. There are a few important conclusions to draw from these numbers. Conventional wisdom tells parents that they should be pushing their kids to college. For many young people, this will be awful advice, dooming them to a mountain of debt that they'll struggle with for decades, if not the rest of their life. Exploding costs of high school education tuition have far outpaced the income growth, or income growth, mm-hmm. making a college education a poor choice, for half or more of the population, that is a significant percentage of the people that really shouldn't be going to college.
1: It's you just know, not the best you know, choice. Ian, when I first started going to college, I won't say what year, but I went mm-hmm. to a pretty expensive private uh, university. And, and I remember my tuition was $3,360 a year, which at the time was Wow, that's a yeah, lot, that's lot, of lot of money. money. Yeah. And, that, and I commuted. And by the time I graduated, four years later, that number was up to over 8000 Wow! Wow. Four years in four years. So that that, that statement in in the article you mentioned about uh, income versus tuition and the way uh, tuition has gone up way beyond the inflation rate is is absolutely true. And all it's done is get kids into a lot of debt between the uh, cost of living while they're going to school and and the the tuition and everything all piled up. By the time they get out of school and they they go to get a job. They're already way in the hole.
2: Yeah, and what do we hear from the politicians? Uh, George Bush's first State of the Union address, shortly thereafter, I remember they had his education secretary on. I can't remember who this woman is. I think her last name is Chow or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and she said, oh, yeah, we want to get a million more kids with Pell Grants. And, oh, it, and they're getting criticized for not doing enough for students. And so that's, that, a, that's, that's a government that's, loan, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: And that brings the cost of it higher.
2: Yeah, because, of course, you get higher demand, and it, it, the costs of education are going to go up. you got right. more kids wanting the service.
0: we got to go to the phones. Uh, it is Kurt on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner. Hello, Kurt.
2: How are you,
9: gentlemen?
0: Great. What's on your mind?
9: Well, I just want to make a couple of comments about shows that I've, uh, that I've just listened to. Okay. Um, uh, one was uh, uh, you were speaking about, how uh, uh, offended Christians get over in the Christmas season.
0: Yeah, that's right. They believe there's a war on Christmas.
9: Yes. Well, the O'Reillyites do that's for sure. And you, you read a um, a uh, um, quote from a lady who was lamenting the fact that that the Christian calendar's most important holiday was being desecrated, mm-hmm. and anybody who is anybody within the christian community understands that christmas is not their most important holiday their most important holiday is easter
0: all right hang on Kurt. we're going to come back to you 800-259-9231 you take control of the airwaves it is free talk live would you like to help others find free talk live you can help us advertise market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com consider becoming a free talk live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Gard. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system awaits you. Over 140,000 posts. Over 1,300 people interacting. Lots to talk about. Serious issues. Fun stuff. You'll find it all for free, of course, at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. And is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. And I'm telling you, um, I, have not, I have yet to see this book, A Kid's Journey, but it sounds fantastic. It sounds like the stuff they should be teaching yeah. kids in school.
2: Yeah,
1: great point.
0: Because if we teach kids how to invest, then they won't have to go to college unless they want to be a doctor or a lawyer and all that. We're going to get back into college, but we've got calls rolling in. We've got to go to the phones. Let's go back to Kurt in Michigan. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
9: Thanks for keeping me over. I appreciate no it. No
0: problem, Kurt. What else was on your mind tonight?
9: Another another short comment I wanted to make was was about a a gentleman who called from Georgia, I can't remember his name, whose assertion that punishment was reserved for thought crimes. Um, You have some of the most brilliant callers calling to this show, and that's why I listen to it, because the the interplay is just astounding, and it opened my mind up to new ways of thought that I didn't think
0: of. Yeah, I learned so much uh, from our callers on Free Talk Live. People ask... I've been asked by people, well, "How do you know so much about these things?" Well, it's cuz my callers tell me. I yeah. didn't I didn't learn them in school, that's for sure. It's like a forum.
2: It's an educational forum. Yeah.
0: We really do have some of the most brilliant uh listeners and and callers and some of the most drunken and useless callers as well. You, know, you take the good with the bad.
9: I get asked the same thing and I always say free talk live. <laughs> that's how I know.
0: There you go. Um, Kurt, any other thoughts for us?
9: Yeah, um How do you, you know, so far as public schools and getting them, getting them up to snuff from where they're not, or doing away with them completely, Mm -hmm. or more in the vein of convincing people? How do you convince a thirty-year-old whose education has failed them that they didn't know their education failed them, that their education is failing now their children?
0: How do you convince them? That's an excellent question. And.
9: failed them, and, and their education is now failing their children, but they don't know that their education mm-hmm. has failed them. How I'm, do we
0: convince them? I'm going to go around the room here and we'll find out. Kurt, thanks for the call, man. 800-259-9231. Let's go with Wayne first. What do you think? How do we convince, as the homeschooler, how do we convince people in a 30-year to 50-year-old age range
1: bracket that the system is screwed? I think you have to get across to them that, that this the educational system is far worse than when they went to school. My mom is a retired teacher, and she has no idea. I talk to her about this stuff all the time. I say, you know, when you taught, things are a lot worse now. And then she actually had gone to teach in, in private school for a while because public school at the time in the 70s when she started teaching was was getting bad. And, of course, it's far worse now. Mm. Gardner.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's, that is a, that's an interesting conundrum to say, how do you teach someone who is ignorant of the problem? That there is a problem. That there is a problem, because he himself was brought up with that problem. Right. When um, you start
0: throwing out facts, I mean, they might come back with, well, this is the greatest education system in the world.
2: Yeah, I think the way to do it is to historically uh, look at test scores. As we mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, they they adjusted the SAT scores in the mid-90s. Well, kids are getting dumber, Gardner. Kids are getting dumber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Look at the number of kids who are being drugged in schools. Get those statistics. We got to keep them in line.
0: The these kids are these kids. They're <laughs> acting out. How else are we supposed to get, keep them in line?
2: Yeah. Well, get get statistics on the number of illiterate graduates there are. Get statistics on the, on the test scores for kids. All we get, need are better teachers. We and, need smaller class up,
0: sizes and better teachers.
2: Well, well, you brought up Ian. You brought up a great point. Harry Brown's book, mm-hmm. uh, government doesn't work, um, and the different charts that are there. Get material from John Taylor Gatto. Get material from Sam Blumenfeld. And what you're going to have to do is basically present a case like a prosecutor with as much data as you can get, and then ask them serious questions. Do you think that this system could, could be functional or operated better in a different way if it was more responsive and show how much show how much administrative costs have gone up in schools? Show all that stuff
0: and maybe compare costs between uh for instance government schools uh, per pupil costs, which are usually yeah. seven to ten thousand yeah. dollars per pupil. Yeah. compare those costs to uh, private schools, which range uh, as low as $3,500. And then then
2: appeal to their wallet and say, do you think you're getting a good return on your investment? Well, yeah, admit, I only pay
0: $700 in property taxes. I don't have to pay the... There's all kinds of objections. I'm, the reason I was bringing up those objections, sure, I was kind of playing the role. Yeah. There's all kinds of object, objections a true believer can bring up, somebody who believes that the government school system is inherently good because it's free, so-called, and all that. and just yeah. been completely indoctrinated. Well, if if you bring up the points that Gardner and Wayne suggested, and it seems like it, you know, they're falling on deaf ears, like they keep coming back with uh, retorts and saying, well, this is the greatest school system, and people deserve education. It's just the parody the the uh, the, uh, the government line, well, then maybe you should shift gears because if the facts aren't working, if the statistics aren't working, if they're shutting their eyes and denying it and, you know, plugging their ears and yelling, no, no, government schools are great! <laughs> Well, then you probably aren't, it's probably not worth continuing, but you might be able to get them if you just simply show them the gun in the room. And we were talking about this a few days ago on the show the idea that government programs are enforced on others. And if you can get them to understand that using force on others is a bad idea, and I think most people don't want to force their neighbors to do things. They just don't realize that the government is this tool of force. Yeah. And so if we can maybe get them to make that connection, rather than trying to uh, battle their predetermined mindset on uh, on government schools as to whether or not they're good, maybe we can just over override all of the facts. Maybe we can override having to present this uh, persuasive case about government schools and instead persuade them on just the method uh, of funding these ed- institutions in the first place.
2: You're right. And, and you know, uh, something else that you can do as a suggestion, check out John Stossel's uh, special Stupid in America. Ooh, that's a good one. That's excellent. And Stossel has a very, very keen rhetorical approach, which is oftentimes when he's with someone in an interview environment, he simply asks Questions sure. And continues to ask questions and sticks Just to box the question. Them in the corner. Right. And it, it's excellent. So you can do the same thing with your neighbor who doesn't quite feel. You right. say, well, but what about this? Uh, what about allowing for competition? Why shouldn't we allow? What would happen there? And then they start to see... It sound like John Stossel. Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs)
1: Well, a lot of people learn from television anyway. So if you give them a DVD and they can watch it in the the privacy of their own home... There's another reason why that's so powerful, and I'm glad you mentioned it, Mm. is because if you've got rapport
0: with this individual, if they're a friend of yours or a neighbor or a family member they're less likely to believe what you have to say. They're more likely to believe the strange man on television. Isn't so, yeah. yeah, it's just the way it works. So hand them a copy of John Stossel's per, uh, report. Hand them a Free Talk Live. Because for some reason, strangers are experts. I don't know why that yeah. is. It's just how it is. Let's yeah. continue with the phone calls. Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
10: Hey, hey, I just wanted to talk about presenting the case. And I, I would hope that uh, anyone who's going to be you know, doing any sort of research like this and presenting a case... Would uh, try and assemble some of that information for everyone else on the Free Talk Live wiki.
2: Good ah.
0: idea. Uh,
10: because it, it seems like that is should be the ultimate resource on an issue by issue basis for all of these things.
0: Wow, that's a great so idea. That you could
10: go, so that you could go to the wiki. This is what I eventually I thought that the wiki was going to turn into, and it kind of started to go that direction, but not really. But. It could stand to go there a lot. More. like a but like a repository
0: gonna, for uh, for exactly. persuasive arguments uh, for liberty. that where that way you could essentially say, Well, go here, go to this web page on the yeah. Free Talk Live wiki. Yeah, and right, you know right. what go
2: You know here. what you could even do. Um, I don't know if how much Ian wants to do with this, but you could even feature it at the top of the uh, free Talk live page each week a different topic where you're looking to call information and gather information about, uh, let's say, firearms history, uh, the First Amendment. Uh, See, this the trick week there,
0: Gardner, that's... we could do that. Uh, it's, all, it's all possible with the wiki, but the trick is it's on the listeners to do it, because I yeah, don't exactly. have time for that crap. Right, precisely.
2: Right, exactly. right, right.
0: So if they don't do it, then it doesn't happen. If they happen. don't do it, that's fine. Yeah, right. They, Johnson, any other suggestions or uh, comments?
10: Yeah, it's just, you know, hopefully if there are people out there that are, you know, that do want to engage in that sort of thing and, you know, have it in them, you know, obviously if you're... If you have somebody who you're trying to convince, you have that fire in your belly, and you are going to put together that information, so why not share that with everyone else while you're out there
1: doing
0: it? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just working for yourself. Now you can now with the wiki, you can leverage that, and everybody else can benefit from it as well. That way we don't all have to research every single topic every time we want to talk to somebody. Great idea, Johnson. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231, and the wiki is at WIKI. Dot free talk dot com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Only one segment remains in this, the Monday edition, but still enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, 800-259-9231. We'll try to squeeze you in here, but the calls are kind of... Well, we're kind of loaded up with them here. It's Ian here with you.
1: And Wayne and Gar. You can join
0: us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. We give them away, unlike those other radio talk show hosts who want to charge you for access to their websites. Uh, We do it all for free. But if you want to help support the show, then we do ask that you amp Free Talk Live. One of our callers, uh, Richard from Australia, was highly recommending it earlier in the show, and I recommend it as well. If you like Free Talk Live, you want to spread the show, get us on more radio stations around the country, get more Internet listeners on board. Amp's the way to go. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You can pony up all of 3 bucks a month. That's all we're asking for, and it's totally voluntary. Remember, the website's for free, so this is above and beyond all of that. It's $3 a month. And uh, basically, you're going to help us get on more stations, and you're going to get some perks. You're going to get access to the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amplifier-only forums, some classic archives and more. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of amplifiers, let's go to, it is Chris in Georgia on the amplifier line. Hello, Chris.
11: Yes, uh, I have to say I agree with you about the amplifier. It's well worth it.
0: Great. Fantastic. What's on your mind, sir?
11: My mind is, I was listening to the podcast. I'm a podcast listener in Atlanta. We don't get free talk live on live. But um, my thing with the um, eight, uh, you had told me his name before and I forgot it. But, Brian uh, Fleming
0: is the man we had on the show on Saturday night.
11: Right, Brian Fleming. He was trying to argue science versus faith. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really sync up just because. Faith is something you believe in without proof.
0: Sure, I
3: yes.
11: Whereas, sorry, and I'm one of the you. And I appreciate. Sorry, I'm switching topics again, but um, I, I appreciate your um disclaimers, and I, and I disagree with Mark about you being completely against Christianity. No, but, I'm
0: not uh, anti-Christian at all. I'm I'm absolutely fond of the Christians who uh, keep it to themselves. And uh, as far as like the Christians up here, I work side by side. I stand side by side on the road uh, when we're doing uh, IRS protests here oh, yeah. every week in oh, Keene. Yeah. I'm right next to uh, v- very devoted Christians. And if we get into a conversation, uh, and, it's, and it's very rare. If we're at a, a group, a gathering of Free State Project members, it's rare that religion will come up. But even if it does, everybody has a good time. Everybody's friendly about it. It's not anyone trying to proselytize or recruit. I'm not trying to recruit atheists. They aren't trying to recruit me into their Christian camp. Everybody gets along. So those Christians, I'm totally cool with. Absolutely. But I got the
11: uh, the best word I can term from it for uh, Brian Fleming was an evangelical atheist
1: interesting yeah well he's borderline
0: he I don't from what I could tell he's not I think he was just more responding to what Mark was saying more than anything else but from his work I think he's just somebody who is pretty sick of organized religion I think he's probably fighting against organized religion more than religion itself
2: and you know what's fascinating in the in the debate the intrinsic part of the debate is as you mentioned uh, if you're looking for evidence to support faith, um that's really difficult because faith is based on belief and you you know the the perfect QED is uh found in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the Babel fish or, or that sort of thing or in the in the uh Grand Inquisitor in the story of the Grand Inquisitor where Jesus comes back and the first person he meets is the Grand Inquisitor and the Grand Inquisitor says oh come along this is wonderful you're back this is great Jesus says yeah I'm back and he brings him uh walks him around brings him into a cell and imprisons him mm-hmm. and he says wait a minute I I'm back it's me it's I'm Christ he says, "Well, you got to understand. For you to be to exist, you need faith, and the only way to have faith is for people not to actually have it proven that you exist. And what's really going on is the Grand Inquisitor is the person who gains his power by people needing him to be the uh, intermediary between hmm. Christ and and the people. And, and it but, is fascinating the idea of you know um, if some if you are looking for a a." a reason a, a a um the 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 reasoner the 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 um if you're looking for a scientific explanation for the creation of the universe the creation of nature it is by its by its nature going to be supernatural
0: yeah i don't uh, i don't look for that answer yeah. like it doesn't matter to me how the universe was created i'm living my life now and what matters to me is what i'm doing today and tomorrow mm. and into the future i don't concern myself with that and uh, as far as faith is concerned, I, I do agree with you, Gardner. Um, but it just seems to me that having faith is generally a silly thing to do no, because it's based on absolutely nothing. With that in mind, uh, Chris, any final thoughts?
11: Yeah. Well, as far as you know, the evidence towards uh, you know the Christ raising being raised from the dead um, doesn't Sorry, does an omnipotent entity have to follow? Um, any particular scientific method uh, laws to of physics? Erase?
0: No, of course not, because that's you know that's the fantasy of uh, of religion. They don't have to follow any of the rules. they can get away with breaking as many as they want to and
1: rewriting the laws of physics if they want to, and everybody just believes it. Well, Ian, in all fairness, the laws of physics are man-made and they're changing all the time. That's true, but they are also tested, and
0: you know, to some extent, uh, there's evidence to support their their existence in some situations. Yes. Indeed. Chris, uh, thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you.
1: 800-259-9231. I was going to say that I think that a lot of people, uh, it's said that we have a spiritual side to us. I think a lot of people get turned off to religion because of the way religion can be. Uh, you grew up down in the South mm-hmm. where you've got all the hell and the brimstone. And yeah. and it's very extreme. When you come up here to New England, it's much different. It's much more subdued and subtle. And it's, it's much different up here. So I think that uh, a lot of people who were raised in the South who were exposed to that, they either go w- right into it completely or they're turned off so completely to it that they end up becoming atheists. And maybe there's some middle ground for some people. That's what I believe, but I don't push it on other people. Yeah, and that's yeah. that I appreciate. Yeah. Let's, go,
0: let's go on. we got uh, Greg in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Gardner.
5: Yes, sir. I was just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, John Connor. We don't do shout-outs.
0: What else is on your mind?
5: Well, I was want to talk about the uh, Bohemian Grove.
0: Oh boy, what about it?
5: Well, I was want to know why is everybody nobody's able able to talk about it as much. Everybody uh, shuts up about it. Doesn't want to come out. On You're the on line. the
0: air. What do you got to say?
5: What I want to say is, what, does anybody ever like contact their political leaders and ask why they go to these rituals and satanic?
0: I don't know. Have you?
5: I have. I wrote. I've actually wrote uh, Senator Bornovich uh-huh. and I've, Jared Brown. I spoke to about it. and Yeah. They all,
0: so they they all what?
5: They won't talk about it. They okay. just ignore and blow it off. I want to know why it's never brought up on on TV or anything about it. Or I it know, maybe wrong? it's
0: because it's a private club. You know, well, I it's know, private.
5: Jones infiltrated it, but it seems like everybody just hush ups about it. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to talk about it no more. And I mean, these are like Christian leaders that go to. Satanic cult.
0: Well, you know, these are all like, allegations. I mean, uh, you've seen, I've seen the video that you're talking about. There's this cult. In case you don't know what uh, what he's referring to, mm-hmm. there's this place the called the Owl thing right? The right. Bohemian Grove, and it's rumored that the uh, politicians and decision makers in the world all get together and sacrifice babies in front of an owl or something. Yeah, like that. They've
2: David Gergen naked. The, scary They showed the
5: members list of Newt Gingrich. They mm-hmm. showed they showed all the George Bush. They showed George Bush Senior's name, Jimmy Carter. And you know, all the lists and all these political leaders that claim to be Christians, and they're all phonies. Okay. And I can't believe none of the people come out and talk about it or bring it up. Anytime they do, like John Connors brings it up, everybody just hangs up on them. They want them to talk Sean Hannity, just a show for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's never brought up about this. We well, all know 9-11 was an inside job. Okay.
0: Well, we're not going to get into that. I mean, that's been broached so, so many times on this show, and we're running. Uh, we're running short on time. But uh, as far as the Bohemian Grove is concerned, I mean, it's their private club, and uh, there are rules about how private it's supposed to be, and when you ask them questions about it, they don't want to talk about it. It's their prerogative, and if you think you're going to make a difference in the world by calling talk shows and outing the politicians, then continue doing so. It's clear that what you're doing isn't making a difference. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You know, that these conspiracy theorists, you know, they've got some interesting allegations. They've got interesting claims. But it's clear that uh, most people just aren't too concerned with that. And uh, as far as what they do at the Bohemian Grove, just because you get somebody in there with a video camera from far away shooting footage of this, doesn't necessarily mean that they're Satanists. It just means they've got some silly little play that they do. And maybe they are Satanists, in which case, what's I mean, really, what good is outing them going to do? They're just going to deny it. They're going to n- deny that they're Satanists, and then their followers are going to say, "Wow, those crazy people! How could they have thought that Bob, uh, you know, that uh, Newt Gingrich was a, a Satanist? He's my hero!" And uh, people are just going to go on ignoring your claims because they sound crazy. Maybe they're true. But it really doesn't matter in the long run, right? Because if you get rid of Newt Gingrich, um, they're just going to replace him with somebody else who's a power-mongering freak. And it doesn't matter to me if they're Satanists or true Christians or whatever their belief system is. If they're in there using government to enforce their way on other people, they're bad folks. And they deserve to be opposed for that reason. Not because they participate in some ceremony. Let's go to Eric in Texas. Final thoughts from you, Eric. You've got about 20 seconds. What's on your mind?
6: I'll make it real quick, guys. Uh, I've just been trying to look on the Internet. Uh, I've been searching everywhere, and I can't find what I'm looking for. I was wondering if you could help me out. I'm looking for a book or an essay that compares the political climate of the Revolutionary Era to today and and how much uh, worse off we are than they were when they... uh,
0: That's an excellent uh, question. I don't have an answer, but I suggest you post that request on our bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. I know those guys will help you out. Thanks, man. It's been Ian here with you.
1: And Wayne. And Gard.
0: We'll all be back tomorrow night FreeTalkLive.com. dot com